Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, July 6, 2022. Today on the Ether, Cosmonaut Bootcamp, the Web3 Builders Alliance space. Hosted by Tendermint Timmy. Let's take a listen. Drugged me in the first, like, 10 seconds. That's not a good sign. <laughs> but I got back. Jaffer, I invited you to the co-host thing. See, so you're trying to get up as a speaker. I'll get you up as a speaker for now. Sounds good. There we go. Cool. How's it going, man? Good. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Doing good. How's the day been? We can we can just chit chat. I usually give a couple minutes for people to just trickle in. <laughs> it's been busy as always. You know, isn't that what we do? We stay busy, and right? Build cool shit. <laughs> it's it's been yeah. Busy is a, a very fitting word for. <laughs> Are both of our days lately? Yeah, but it's cool, man. You know, look, it's uh, you know, I get up. Oh yeah, I get up at six o'clock here on the East Coast because I'm an old man and I'm on those old man hours. And uh, you know, it's uh, it's eight o'clock and I still feel like I have a little energy. That is not too shabby. Hey, you know, I can't say I'm able to wake up that early, but given how late I'm up, I'm up pretty early as well. So I know the grind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, lots of caffeine and carrot cake, man. <laughs> Air cake, is that the secret to web3 brilliance oh man it's the secret to uh i replaced uh you know 12 pack of beer with a whole carrot cake man you know <laughs> <laughs> that's probably a good move no nah, you know just i go until i fall asleep and then i crash out so if you hear me snoring in the middle of this thing you know what happened <laughs> the carrot cake Carrot cake got gotcha. you. Carrot cake got me, man. Those, those sugar crashes. <laughs> Saturdays. What's going on, man? Haven't spoke to you in a minute. What's up, man? Not too much. You guys hear me fine? Yeah. You do. Yeah, <clears throat> dope, dope. How's help things been over in Cypher D world? Dude, we are building. Love we got, uh, we got some uh, Evmos native integration coming soon, hopefully. We want to do it right, so taking our time. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, we're using uh, we're using a Cipher D card for Spark IBC for our like main and only cash out method, just to keep it really streamlined and easy. So just for little things like domain hosting um, and you know name service that sort of thing, we've been using our Cipher D card. It's pretty cool. Yeah, buddy, that's what I like to hear. That's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The. Every, everyone at Cypher D, like we started over on EVM and we've just fallen in love with Cosmos. So it's, it's, it's coming in hot. So it, it seems like everyone's falling in love with Cosmos these days, to be honest. What's there not to love? What's there right? not to love? Absolutely. Yeah, I will say, fact, I, I think, uh, uh, the secret to building in Cosmos, uh, snack wise is, uh, frozen cosmic brownies. Just saying. Oh, 
There you go. <laughs> Wait, why does that ring a? Is that like a thing that rings a bell for me? Cosmic brownies, yeah, they're the like the oh, little Debbie those. treats no, no, with no. all the sprinkles. Freezing them in particular, that rings a bell. Is that like a thing? Anything on that shelf, like those little Debbie's things, anything freeze on the them. shelf, freeze it, dude. Freeze it, especially Pajams, in the summer. Ho hos. Yeah, freeze it. Okay, is this the real alpha? This is the real <laughs> alpha. This is the snack time alpha. Hey, builders need snacks. It's snack um, IBC alpha. Yeah, actually, I mean, totally. Like, I'm pretty glad you're here Saturdays. Like, you and Japper in general, the Builders Alliance and uh, Cipher D definitely should should connect. Both got some brilliant minds. A lot of a lot of building going on, and yeah, let's do yeah, it. Yeah. Spaces, I'm just random. I think tw- Twitter, Twitter Spaces is. Well, I guess I don't want to give them credit because they did just literally steal Clubhouse idea. But the fact that it exists is beautiful. Like Twitter Spaces is a powerful tool, and like so much has happened because of them. I think. Yeah, I mean, this is nice. The only thing that I'm not the biggest fan of is I normally listen to my podcast at like 2.5x speed. So Twitter Spaces is like ah, I gotta yeah. I gotta be in there for three hours to get what I normally would be able to get in an hour. Yep, it's true. Do you ever do you ever go watch like or listen to a uh, like Terrace Faces archive and just speed it up? Uh yeah, yeah. Some some sometimes I speed those up. Yep, that's the way to do it. Get more content and shorter. Mostly cool, these so... days it's uh bankless crypto altruism and uh uh decrypt. Those are the podcasts to go to. Ooh, good choices. I like decrypt. Crypto altruism. Yeah. Have, you, have you guys messed with that? It's pretty good. I've heard of it. I haven't listened to it. Highly recommend. Do you have any? Do you have any choice listens, Japper, that you'd recommend? I mean, I, I'd say Decrypt is probably my my go to. Uh, I would also openly admit that at the moment I'm trying to stay away from stuff that's chart oriented because. Uh, I feel really good on a daily basis building and I want to not go get depressed <laughs> by stuff that's out of my control. <laughs> you just can't look bigger than the like one to five minute bars. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. I, you can get real excited about those one minute charts. You know, those things oh, are yeah. encouraging sometimes. I, I have, I have a playful idea submitted in the Cypher DID board to uh, uh, just remove the dollar. I just want I just want token accumulation. I don't care what the dollar is. Like <laughs> I don't want to see it. Don't even tell me. Right. Yeah. Measure everything in sats or atom or whatever. Yeah. Something other. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. I mean, just have like a, turn on build mode. That's a meme, but it is the long term goal, you know. In a way. So when you yeah. listen to those in uh, in double speed, is it like Alvin and the Chipmunks talking about crypto? Uh. Yeah, kind of. Uh, that's what they it sounds do. like to most normal people, but eventually you get used to it. And now when you listen to people at normal speed, you just think they're drunk. They do, though, they do have like <laughs> a lot of these platforms, though, I know they have some kind of AI in there because I was amazed when it first started working or just algorithm, probably not an AI that uh, like lowers the pitch when it speeds it up. So it's not quite as bad as just just putting something on 2x, but that's fun. Yeah. Well, yeah. when you start when you start doing it, you kind of want to start at 1.1, 1.2, and then eventually you get the two. 
for three. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a drug. You work your way up. This, the podcast. Yeah. Means- <laughs> and then, and then you have a podcast backlog of like 13 podcasts every day. So now you're forced to listen to it at that speed. <laughs> Absolutely. So I used to uh, I used to work in a school, um, and one of my jobs was trying to figure out, um, you know, if kids were doing something they shouldn't have been doing, like going in someone's locker or something. I used to have to watch the video of that. I learned how to watch this video on like eight speed and zero in, and you know, people come in and be like, "What are you doing?" Like I'm trying to figure out who went in that kid's locker. And watching it on eight speed, they're all just running around like the Benny Hill show. It's funny. Again, yakety sack playing in the background. What's that? With yakety sack playing in the background. (laughs) (laughs) But you do get an eye for it, just like listening to podcasts. Yeah, totally. Cool. So, all right, I'm I'm pretty excited. So I'm I'm down to jump right in here. So yeah, let's go. Jacker here is someone that I met through, I think originally through getting in touch with Angel Protocol. It's been a while now that he and I have been in touch um, and big on the Terra side of things back in the day. Um, and since the event, um, he's <laughs> along with some other people. I don't, I don't know if this is totally your initiative or not. I'll let you speak on that, but is building something I kind of couldn't be more excited about. A couple people I've described it to in one or two sentences have just been like, oh, and that's all like for free? Or <laughs> so he's taking education in Web3 and building, building stuff in Web3 to uh, honestly, from what I've seen compared to most anything else out there, like honestly, the next level. So I'll let you give a much more, um, Eloquent introduction, Jabber, but uh, thanks for coming on. I'm super excited about the Web3 Builders Alliance. So let's dive right in. Cool. Thanks, man. I, and look, yeah, it was. It was, we were, we, we were talking um, about Spark IBC and Angel. And at the time it was TBA. So yeah, I totally remember that first riff. Uh, and that was, you know, that was fun. And we've kept in touch since because, you know, one of the beautiful things about this space is when you figure out, which we do quickly, people that are mission aligned and have the same energy as you, you basically just keep in touch with them and you keep chatting. And eventually you find some synergies that, you know, are, are not only mutually beneficial, but, you know, community-wide beneficial. And so that's, you know, that's where we're sitting today. I remember what was it about uh, two, three weeks ago, we we're talking and you were explaining to me the education side of Spark IBC and the, the cool stuff that you guys have been doing on the Saturdays. And that's, um, that, that's super exciting for me. So, um, you know, WBA was born as the TBA, the Terra Builders Alliance. And basically what it was, was, um, and I was... You know, I was in the in the founders room way back in November, December, uh, in where all the Terra founders were in Telegram chats, and um, you know, invariably the conversation went to we need people that we need developers. You know, the the impending bottleneck is um, that we're going to be growing so fast, but we don't have the trained quality and, quite frankly, verified quality developers to be able to continue to to um, scale. And so uh, a handful of uh, founders in that room and big time um, Terra folk um, got together, uh, founders of some of the top protocols, very influential people at TFL, um, and they started this project. And around February, when I decided to retire from 
uh, 30-year job as a as an educator in private schools here in the states um, as a teacher first and then administrator second. Um, you know, I called uh, I called Chauncey over at Angel and said, "Hey, you know, um, this is what I'm doing. I know you uh, did this a year ago. Just what to expect and." He said, you know, I think we have something you might be able to help us with. We're building this project where we want to educate developers and do it a little bit differently than the siloed, do-it-yourself, self-starter type process that exists and is, you know, is successful, but, you know, we can certainly do much better. So I got in and, you know, it didn't take long for us to really start jiving on what the vision was and and really where we sit today, you know, look, the the Terra event. And I think every time I hear someone describe it, they use a different word, you know, the spiral, the crash, the fall, you know, there's all kinds of great, uh, you know, terminology around what happened, uh, depending on your personal feelings about it. So, you know, after that happened, we spent, uh, you know, as individuals and collectively spent a couple of weeks really focused on trying to help our friends in the space. Um, we were two days away from getting our big grant from from TFL LFG, uh, and uh, you know we we look at that as a gift in disguise now because you know if we would have gotten that grant two days later it would have been worth thirty seven cents, so um, you know kind of a gift and the opportunity to feel liberated and uh, go cross cosmos, which really our program is built as a cross cosmos uh, IBC project. Uh, it is really built to train um, people who want to be high end developers uh, in this space. So really what, what we are is a uh, we're a developer institute that's built on a university model. And the what I mean by that is, first of all, it is a lot of live coursework. It is a lot of collaborative learning. There's, you know, uh, learning theories broken down into four parts. You have your factual and conceptual learning, but then you have your procedural and reasoning learning. And so those first two things adults can do on their own. And so uh, our cadets are going to need to study and do, you know, watch videos and and read stuff and do some tasks in order to prepare to come into the live classes and build. We have three instructors who are senior developers in big projects uh, who have gone through the same process, both formally trained and self-starter do it themselves. So they really believe in what we're doing. And our um, our cadets are going to build from day one. They're going to learn the the finer and then the more advanced points of uh, using Rust. We're going to embed some Go in as far as it's needed to do some SDK work. Cosmosm, uh, obviously, and we're going to you know we're going to get them that foundation. But really, the focus is building. It's it's there's this concept called P3BL. Uh, if you're in education, so it's project process and uh, problem-based learning. So we're not going to build incrementing counters. We're not going to build checkers games. We're going to build meaningful stuff that communities need from day one, whether it's versioning and documentation in the early stages or building out, um, you know, block finders and, and DEXs and, you know, projects that are meaningful that, that are needed. You know, one of my daily practices is going into the various Juno discords and, and other Cosmos discords and trying to see what people are asking for, uh, trying to see what people want and what people need. And that goes into my list of things that we're going to build. So our institute is 10 weeks long. Um, there's a capstone project. There are projects every week that build a portfolio that we can verify to hiring protocols. 
um, and say, hey, you know, these people absolutely did this work. And we're going to know our people well enough to say, here's their personality. Here's the kind of projects they work on well. Here's what they're interested in. Here's the kind of people they collaborate with well. Um, and then they're going to have a capstone project, which is essentially a capstone that is a, uh, I'm sorry, which is actually an MVP or a proof of concept that they need to defend against a panel um, in order to graduate and get certified. And then we're going to have a, a, a marketplace for those developers. But beyond that, um, we're going to build community goods based on what the community comes to us and says. If, if Juno comes to us and says, we want, um, you know, a, we want liquid staking, that's going to be a project that we're going to put in front of our cadets and say, who wants to build this? So community is going to have an opportunity to have a big influence on what we build for that. Um, so after that, we're going to have a research arm. Uh, we're going to develop an auditing firm off of it. We're going to have advisory services, continuing education for people that want to be founders and get them the information they need as far as, you know, fundraising, legal, et cetera. So it is going to be very much an institute, uh, university style institute. Uh, we've lost our ad- application process. We're going to do uh, between three and five cohorts and 12 to 15 cadets uh, to start and then scale that up as we automate part of the program. And uh, currently we have enough to almost fill two cohorts. And we have some people that are expert in JavaScript and Python and fairly new to the others, but because they have that foundation, we have a spot for them because we're going to homogeneously engineer these cohorts according to where these people are and what their interests are so that the pace of the learning and the building can, um, can be close for everybody. So that is uh, a lot in a, in a medium amount of time. So that's, that's my, my shill. That was awesome. Yeah. And we can, we can kind of go through some of those things and break them down. Like, sure. Hey, okay. That there was a lot because there's a lot going on here. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it's super cool because it's, it's like you guys are a taking the sort of like classic education, like university approach to sort of structuring things and providing uh, actual sort of framework for whether it be accreditation or even just genuine confidence and competence in, in these various skills that you're teaching. But also there's almost a little bit of like hackathon energy in there, right? Totally. With the like, community integration and the like, hey, so here's what we need done. This will be your project or or however it might take shape. And genuinely having communities benefit from that and like have an end result be something that someone might use or uh, an entire community might use. So it's super cool. Um, where where to dive in first even honestly if people want to ask any questions feel free to come up at any point i think that might be a good way to tackle this as we sort of go through things feel free to request to come up or shoot me a dm i'll try and keep an eye on those um but yeah so let's just like start at the top if uh if i'm someone listening to this and i'd be interested in participating or Let's start at the very top. Just getting more info. Where's the best place to do some reading for you guys? I know you have the Medium. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, we just launched our Twitter page. Um, actually, we had all of this ready and we had it all done, you know, website and everything, Twitter and all um, for Terra. And we rebranded and we really scrapped everything and, and rebuilt. We didn't want to retrofit anything. It just didn't make any sense. So um, if you go to come build with us. Uh, at come build with us. That is our, um, that's our Twitter page. And on there is 
a good amount of information from the aforementioned Medium page that Timmy just mentioned, and the um, the application is there as well. The, we have a website that is fairly static at the moment. For our purposes, it is what we need. Um, you know, and we're going to start to get on these Twitter spaces. And quite frankly, if you DM me or you email, you know, you you reach out to me and you want to talk one to one about how this works, you want to get a group of people on a call. I am at your service. Um, that that might be a, the most efficient thing to do is is just reach out, and I'm I'm happy to do that because in case you didn't notice, I love talking about this. We're we're really passionate about this public service orientation here. Um, so uh, those are the best places to start the medium articles and the, and the Twitter page. Cause that's going to increasingly have information um, and yeah, reach out to me. Awesome. So just a quick question. I actually have how much of the kind of structure as it is like what, what, what you've talked about so far that kind of feels like a, a college course how much of that is new and how much of that is what you were kind of originally trying to tackle with the Terra Builders Association or Alliance? So a great question. So, I mean, to give you a little bit of context about how we built this, first of all, we, we did a lot of research on what already exists um, and we found best practices. And all along, there are six or seven pretty well-respected uh, developers, engineers, and CTOs in the space that, uh, I regularly got on the horn with and said, this is what we're thinking. This is where we're going. And that's beh- besides the three guys that are teaching with us. Um, so we were continuing to get what is up to date and what's the best practices. We didn't have to change a whole lot because Russ Cosmosm is there. We had to unterrify some things. Uh, we had to um, make sure that we were giving the the Juno and the osmosis of the world um, the nuances of those chains, what they need as far as uh, building goes. And and just so you know, um, these the chains that are going to be behind different cohorts are going to get different focuses. But, you know, I can get into that later. And, and but it wasn't a lot of it wasn't a lot. But that being said, my curriculum and instruction workbook has a date at the top of the most recent uh, revision. And it's almost daily. For instance, you know, today, um, I was adding components um, for uh, interchain accounts and ICS. And because these are things that are not only coming right now, but I have to think forward enough in advance to make sure that we're preparing our developers to be successful and serve their projects and communities now and in the future. So we really need to make sure that we're on top of that stuff. Um, and that's part of my, like I said, you know, I get in the discords on a daily basis to make sure I know what everybody wants, but I'm also researching on a daily basis. What's out there. We need to make sure that we are providing our students. Yeah. I think that's, what's been very cool about not just you guys. Well, I guess you guys are by far the ones I've been most in touch with, but there's been a pretty good, maybe naturally even sounds like you guys very much intentioned it, but not that much overlap. Uh, between the types of education out there. Like our workshops, there's the Interchain Academy, what you have going on, uh, a couple other things. And like so far it has been, uh, mainly I'm touching on your point of like you looked at what else was out there um, and you wanted to do something different or the the part that was missing. And I think that I think that you've kind of nailed yeah, potentially one of the most important pieces. Like our workshops, for example, that Spark are running 
their biggest asset and benefit is just low barrier to entry and friction. You just hop into Discord and you start learning. You just watch them on screen. You have access to asking them questions. And that's amazing in its own right. But it's entirely different um, than something that has the sort of structure and potential to, say, get you a job or put you in a position to make your own job, which is sort of, I guess, the main goal of a lot of people in Web3 is to build something kind of unique or or whether that is as a team or individual. Um, and so I guess as personally, the more I think about this, it's like, this is something like I, I would love to do eventually, maybe not this first round or whatever. How intensive is it? So when we're comparing it to like a college course uh, or, mm-hmm. or maybe, maybe I'm the only one doing that directly, you can speak on this, but is this something you could do with a, a full-time job, for example, or what would these 10 weeks look like in terms of uh, barrier to entry friction for people like working it into their lives? I think that'll be a main question for a lot of people. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a good question. It's something we're very, very mindful of and purposeful with our approach. So. Um, when we in the application, we ask people what their commitment levels are. Um, I would say for somebody who's really well prepared, it's about a 15 hour a week commitment. Um, I would say tearing up, uh, you know, for somebody with a little less preparation, it may be 20. And for somebody with with not a lot of background, especially in Rust and Cosmosm, it's going to be more than that. But then the other catalyst there is people learn at different paces. Um, one of the main reasons why we're doing this the way we do is so many people have, have shared with us that they really miss the collaborative facilitator led learning experience of, you know, what most of their educational lives have been. And while people will complain about formal education, and I've got a lot of problems with it myself, um, there is something about the collaborative nature of what we're doing that you don't get. By, be, by trying to do this on your own. Um, you know, look, some people are going to be better at reading documentation and doing tutorials and they're going to be fine. And there are some people out there that are going to go and get a job as a junior developer and learn on the job and they're going to be fine. And that's, that's great. But I feel like that exists as the perceived norm because of the absence of something that we're going to do, not because it's preferred. So, you know, to to get back to your question, the actual concrete granular breakdown of the hours is there's going to be three 90-minute sessions a week that are the live classroom sessions that we're going to be doing um, mostly, you know, via Zoom with uh, VS Code, live share, a little bit of Replit uh, Collaborate, and some different tools. We have a uh, learning management system like any university and most high schools would have where there's engagement online in in, in an asynchronous way. So it really is going to depend on the individual. We do feel like 15 hours a week of a commitment is the absolute minimum to be successful. Because mind you, it's not going to be the kind of thing where you take the course, you finish, and you automatically get certified. It is you know, you have to be able to produce quality work that's going to be evaluated according to, you know, standard rubrics of, you know what this is or you don't. The other side of it is, you know, as we do the application process, people may not fit a current cohort. And that doesn't mean that they're not smart or good. It might just mean that we have, you know, 15 people that have a very specific background that we want to group together. We're not going to reject anybody. 
what we'll probably do is defer people. And if they have a need in a specific area, do for some prescriptive um, instruction and say, you know what, go do this, you know, Traverse Lee Media um, rust crash course. It's an hour and a half. Go ahead and upload everything. Make sure you get it, you know, compiling and working, et cetera. And that way they come around next time. They're more prepared. They fit in a bucket. They're already in our system and we know them. And we, quite frankly, continue to feed the program with increasingly quality candidates. So I just kind of want to reiterate some of that, because I think that's actually one of the, the coolest parts of this. So not only is this like just an amazing educational experience that has 10 weeks of awesome material uh, and it is free, but not only that, the way the selection process works, so to speak, is not really that anyone will get denied, but rather the worst case would be uh, you're not a good fit for this group of sessions, maybe because they're specializing in something or because you're more rudimentary in your knowledge. But rather than saying no or even just saying come back and try again, you guys will actually even provide direction in that case to be like, okay, to get ready for the next uh, cohort session, grouping, whatever. Um, do these things, check, check out this video, maybe follow this code Academy course, whatever it might be, show us that you kind of walk through that and then you'll, you'll be game for the next one. That's amazing. Cause that's like in a way, a step, a step further in that you guys don't really have to do that, but it goes to prove what you're trying to do here. And that it's just get everyone who wants to give this a try the best possible chance of succeeding at succeeding. And just I just wanted to reiterate that because I think that part in particular is super awesome where no one's going to get denied, just deferred and sometimes even with guidance. Yeah, this is the goal. I mean, we want to give everybody who wants to be a developer the opportunity and we want to do so in the spirit of supporting the community. No doubt about it. Awesome. OK, so, yeah. And then you touched on I was going to kind of kind of already touched on them. So, like, yeah, some of the things people may wonder about a program like this is right doing it on their own or even okay it's cool that it's free but couldn't i get some junior dev job and like learn while i earn some money and uh you touched on those each briefly but i think like i think they're interesting to talk about because they provide very different things right like a junior dev job for example almost certainly is going to have you focused in a rather narrow field of study, so to speak, because you're going to be working on one thing. That's going to be your task. It's going to be why you're being paid. And it's not going to necessarily be the best all-around learning experience, right? Is that kind of where, where you guys are coming from? So, you know, look, I, I, I would say for me as a learner, that would feel narrow and not give me as much um, job satisfaction and long-term confidence but to each his own and we do respect Absolutely. that this is definitely not for everybody um but at the same time you know i would i would say that what we're able to do in 10 weeks um in giving an incredibly well-rounded foundation but also giving our learners um a good amount of differentiated choice to pursue certain areas on certain chains with certain types of projects you know, I think it is a, a bit of the best of both worlds. Some people are going to really thrive in that junior developer opportunity where it's just iterate and and learn from it and fail forward. 
and I respect that. And, and, you know, I would never ask somebody who feels more comfortable doing that and try to sell them on what we're doing. But at the same time, um, we're going to, the well-roundedness of what we're offering and the professional opportunities thereafter, uh, I would say is definitely better than that junior dev route. Yeah, no, and absolutely right. Right. To each his own. And sometimes that'll fit people's whatever better, but there, there are clear benefits. It's sort of the point. Um, yeah. So what kind of an open-ended question here, but what is your part that you're most excited about for this? Is it maybe like the capstone projects that people will, uh, put together the just overall ability to kind of create more builders or what, what, what's getting you up at 6am every morning, Jabber? (laughs) Um, no. So, you know, it's, it's funny, you know, this is, um, on a very personal level, um, what I'm most excited about is being in the classroom and just watching the faces of the learners. Um, you know, a big part of my job uh, as an administrator in schools over the years was to evaluate how well things were going on in the classroom. And uh, one of the, you know, one of the ways that I would do that, I, I guess probably five or six years ago, I stopped watching the teacher because watching the students tells me everything I need to know about how, how well it's going. So I'm just looking forward to being in those classes and being a fly on the wall and watching the engagement and seeing what's happening and being able to um, participate in helping make it better. You know, that's really, um, look, the outcome, the product, uh, my feeling is this. Um, the product's going to be great because we're, I've got good instructors. We have a good curriculum and, um, it, you know, people are going to work hard and, and they're going to get there. The product's going to be good. Uh, and I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the capstone. But really, um, it's the day to day. You know, I yep. was a football coach for 25 years and people said, what was your favorite part? And I would say, you know, group when I was working with my individual tiny, small position group. Because that was every day I saw the growing and the learning. That's my favorite part. That's what gets yeah, me. Yeah, being able to see yeah. progress right before your eyes day to day. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks. Um, cool. So I guess one thing I could use a little more clarity on, and I'm sure other people, is so you mentioned, you know, you might be deferred from a certain uh, cohort because, let's say, they all have a certain background already or a certain interest that sort of implies to me along with you outright saying that these groups of 10 weeks, these different sessions for cohorts are going to be like fairly different or to to what extent might they vary based on uh, the group that's going in and maybe the goals of the session. Yeah. Um, So that's, you know, that's a good question. So um, here's, theoretically, here's what it's going to look like on a, on a very high level. Um, you know, if we have, let's say, three groups, um, and amongst our uh, candidates for to be in these cohorts, amongst these applicants, so to say, um, we have a handful that are very well-schooled and rushed from a Web 2 background. You have a handful that are, you know, okay with Rust and Cosmosm. They're just getting their hands dirty, but they're passionate about, you know, Cosmos and and Web3. And then you might have a, a group that's, you know, EVM people that want to come over to Cosmos. And so they understand Web3, they understand smart contracts, and they understand DeFi to a, you know, on a level so they, you know, they could, they could 
craft architecturally uh, what some of these builds look like. Um, and even another group, like, you know, maybe some uh, polka dot Solana near people that have Rust and some WebAssembly background from a different chain, but want to do it on Cosmos. So we actually have these groups. And what it allows us to do is it allows us to teach those groups where they are. Um, it allows us to move faster at certain points in the course so that, uh, you know, on the stuff that they are homogeneously strong with and spend more time going deeper on the parts that they're not. Um, and because they're all kind of at the same place with similar backgrounds, we can speed up and slow down according to where they're strong and where they need more depth. And, and need more depth doesn't necessarily mean weak. It just means they, their backgrounds give us the time, the gift of time to go deeper and to build more meaningfully and have them be more well-developed at the end of the 10 weeks. Yeah, allocate time much more efficiently than something like, um, like, for example, I know the Interchain Foundation was doing some sort of educational effort recently, which I'm sure is awesome. I'm not bashing at all, but I'm pretty sure it was like a fairly structured thing, like it, uh, it, the curriculum or whatever you might want to put it, sort of was what it was. And um, that definitely fills a certain role, and it's awesome they did that. But having the ability to kind of tailor these sessions these 10 week long sessions really i think the essence of what you're saying is it allows you to like squeeze the most out of the time and be like okay you're already good with that don't need to spend t as much time there um yeah. that's like really powerful when you're talking about 10 weeks is a lot for a free course but it's a short time for education right so it is you know you're squeezing a lot into that 10 weeks yeah, and, and we're aware, like I said, it is definitely not for everybody. It's going to take a commitment level. But, you know, the other side that we that I haven't touched on is we're so well connected across the entire space that, you know, there are founders and projects just chomping at the bit, waiting for us to give them developers. The opportunities yeah. on the back end of doing this to not go in as a junior developer, but to go in and be a productive and quite frankly, well-compensated developer at the end of this is pretty powerful. Uh, so two and a half months, yeah, it's intense, but it's kind of a short period. As a guy who's been you know, working on Rust for a year and a half, um, I'm still not you know, where I would love to be. I think in two and a half months, I would get there. Um, and just, you know, mind you, I, I come from a private school background where it is much more teach to the top tier and bring everybody else along rather yeah. than everybody needs to be on page 72 on May 3rd. Right. Right. <laughs> Which is, I think most people would agree uh, the preferred approach. Um, real quick, just on the like customization though, of the sessions to the groups of people, is there a possibility that down the road, uh, like right now it sounds like the kind of dynamicness of it, the customization is, more so in line with like skill levels would it ever be like interests or specializations like might you do a 10-week course of people who are extremely interested in flash loans or that's maybe too specific but you know what i mean some kind yeah. of slightly more narrow area is yeah. that in the roadmap at all Yes. So, you know, trying to look down the line a little bit, um, we are going to become increasingly automated on the parts of, I would say, the first six weeks of the course that's going to be mostly live. The first couple of cohorts um, is going to become increasingly automated. 
and it's going to it's going to expedite and um, kind of consolidate a lot of that learning and become more of that out of class work that that factual conceptual work that we're going to be able to get people in a much more streamlined manner. It's also going to be stuff that's going to become part of prerequisites and part of that deferred group, you know, um, gets gets a head start. And the reason we want to do that is a automation it, to a certain degree allows us to scale and serve more people. Um, but what it also does is it gets us into that specialization even more. You know, at the moment, uh, our goal is to allow specialization um, it, as we go. We're not we're not there yet in one of two ways, whether it's chain specific builds or interest specific builds. And it may not even be a build. It may be people want to spend more time thinking about being on the engineering side and, um, you know, and working more with, you know, with the validators and building custom modules and things of that sort and working more, again, at the chain level. So it's not going to be entirely DAP smart contract oriented for, for those. Some people will enjoy the, the research and exploration part and get into, you know, um, research and scalability and consensus mechanism. And, you know, Tendermint is the gold standard. But there's going to be people that want to look at ZK Rollup, and there's going to be people that want to look at um, proofs of useful work as options down the line. People are going to want to get into the Rust Solidity Optimizer ideas. Uh, people are going to want to build the next interchain account, um, you know, process, whatever that next thing is. And so we're going to the the more efficient we get, and the better we get with. Um, automating the core content areas, the deeper those dives are going to be and the more people are going to be able to explore their interests and passions beyond the concepts. Awesome. So another thing that I don't think we've touched on at all yet that I think is very kind of cool and unique, not, not so much unique. I mean, unique in Web3, but cool that you guys put thought into this and... I guess I'll zoom out for a second. So in building Spark IBC, um, we are obviously like a community fund. We are a funding source. Our first campaign was education-based. We're uh, building Entertain Info, which is a full like education and just information sort of platform. And so with these workshops, a thought that sort of crossed my mind is just the general idea, a very open-ended thought of like, Oh, it'd be really cool. You know, we're providing this education to get people into building Web3 stuff for free. Be so cool if out of the many people participating, a good handful of them are going to continue like learning and build something really cool and successful. And them sort of recognizing or giving a kickback or shouting out Spark or something. And it wasn't until I read one of your documentations, I was like, oh, what I've kind of been like thinking about is sort of like an alumni type association, a sort of structure past education. And so when I read it in some of your guys' docs, I was like, that's genius. That's so on top of 10 weeks of education, you guys also hope to kind of foster like just like a lifelong sort of work friend builder connection with people to connect uh, graduates to each other, to potential employers, et cetera, et cetera. I'll let you speak on it, but I think that's a really cool thing that you guys, uh, that could have easily just been not considered and left by the wayside. But I, it was really cool when I read that. So yeah, do you want to speak on that? Yeah. So, um, and this is something that I actually early on had to, had to, um, 
advocate for in early meetings with with some of the people that you know were early iterators of this idea. And that is, you know, there was once the idea that we have to get it fully automated so we could scale as big as we can, as fast as we can. And for me, for us to be able to, A, ask people to work as hard as they're going to need to work and do this, uh, we need to support them. But then in order to help them get to the right place afterwards, we need to know them. And so when I talk about being in the rooms and, and the type of people that we have as instructors, these guys are, they're senior developers who talk about education. Like they want to do this because they want to be teachers. And, um, and part of that is the relationship with our people. And, you know, we are, like I said, we're, we're well connected network wise. And, you know, once people get through our course, they are certified grads, but they're part of, you know, they're part of the family. Um, some of them are going to come back and teach with us. Some of them are going to do research in-house. Um, you know, we will probably also be a DAP house of sorts where we will, you know, we'll incubate some of our own projects and give them an opportunity to build in-house if they don't find a home. So, you know, this is all important. You know, we're not going to just train them and spit them out and say, you know, go sink or swim. You know, we're going to help, we're going to help our people because look, it helps them, it helps the community, and it helps us. You know, we, we, we aspire to be the university level uh, education hub and public goods hub of Web3, of Cosmos. And, uh, you know, to do that, you have to take care of your people and you have to have people that, that feel taken care of and want to stay. I think it's... I think it's funny that we have sort of a relatively small space tonight because this is this is actually one of the things I'm like genuinely most excited for. And I am constantly thinking, could I fit this into my current schedule? Maybe if I <laughs> maybe if I spend less Bro, time day job. Like, yeah, like I there hasn't been something I'm especially because I've been building Spark IBC. And I'm not a dev, so I maybe have a little bit of extra passion to want to catch up and learn it. But like, this is, it's, it's also funny. I know the Twitter page is brand new, but it's just funny when I look at it and still see it under 100 followers, because this is like amazing and it's going to be huge. I'm very <laughs> confident. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. We had like, you know, almost 2000 on the, the TBA and then yep. someone, you know, someone else used our TBA and we're like, we don't want to have that anymore. <laughs> oh, speaking of the name, I know uh, that you have, you guys had quite a bit of discussion internally about like the name. And part of that reasoning was because of, you know, exactly what phrasing to pick for who you want to cater to. And you ended up on just web three builders Alliance. Mm -hmm. Do you plan to expand past cosmos? eventually so like because right now it seems cosmos oriented right rust yeah. a little bit of golang cosmwasm but yeah. do you have plans for a more general web3 sort of education or um maybe um in my mind yes um but not anytime soon because cosmos is our home this is where we want to do this this is where we want to serve this is what we want to build um and quite frankly this is this is where we are well networked to be able to support our people after they're done. This is where we have really good instructors. This is where we started. This is where the four of us, you know, the four founding team met each other. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of human reasons. That being said, 
uh, you know, when I'm having conversations with people that are connected to Nier and, and Polkadot and Solana, and they're like, you should think about bringing that over here. It makes us go, hmm, you know, and really, at the end of the day, it's all going to be connected sooner than later. And the opportunity to serve increasingly growing communities is, is exciting. But I am also of the mindset of I'm in no hurry to grow too big too fast. Yeah. We have a very specific mission, and that is to serve the cosmos with really high-end developers, build public goods, and, and do important stuff for the community. If that grows beyond that, it's just gravy. But at yeah. the moment, you know, that's, I mean, look, I'd be lying if I said I hadn't thought about it and, and, and thought about what it might look like. You know, the idea. But that- I mean, in a sense, too, it's also like there's a reason that we're all in the cosmos. It's kind of what's most worth learning. Like oh. outside of, I mean, I mean, we're all oh, yeah. biased, so not outside of bias, but like, yeah, it's almost like why put too many efforts elsewhere yet when we're pretty sure this we're seeing this is where everything's moving, you know? Yeah. And, and I mean, the reality of it, too, and you see this in the last month, especially, you know, yeah. that people want to that, that people are interested in us building Rust Solidity optimizers. That says oh, a lot. Yeah. Yep. You know, the, the near, you know, it's, it, I don't know how rumor or confirmed it is, mentioned today that they're going to be IBC enabled. You know, this is all happening before our eyes, which is why today I was, I was on that um, interchain account stuff, like, you know, like bees on honey. Like I gotta be, I gotta get as my head as much around this as I possibly can quickly and then bring it to my instructors and make sure they have their heads around it because it's going to be part of it. And today it's interchain accounts and IBC and tomorrow it's, it's solidity. Um, I mean, look, you have, you have injective and, and um, Evmos already. And really we all know on this call, there's 10 chains out there on Cosmos that no one's heard their names yet, that by the time we're in the middle of the next bowl are going to be killing it. Yep. And some of them might be um, EVM oriented. Some of them might be connected to Solanum. Some might be connected to, you know, whatever. So we need, to, we need to be ready to serve our cadets and our communities. And that's going to become increasingly one. Ideally. Yeah. Awesome. Um, grits and Saturdays. Saturdays, you jumped in a second ago. I don't know if you're just echoing me and then Grits, you've been up here a minute. I want to give you guys a chance to jump in if you got any questions or just want um, to how cool it is. <laughs> so I was just curious if perhaps there might be um, alongside uh, your normal uh, courses and whatnot, a maybe a boot camp of sorts for people who would like to be uh in the next cohort cohort um and basically uh, suggested uh courses that they could take and things to ready themselves uh coming as someone who little bit of coding experience but definitely i would consider myself a lay person but totally interested so here's the cool thing um i'm sure you can tell i love talking about this stuff it gets me super excited um I would, and I've done this a lot in the last couple months. If you ping me, I'll get on the horn with you and you tell me where you are and I'll give you some early resources to get yourself going and I'll check in with you and see where you are and, and we can go that route. I, I, you know, if a thousand people ping me tomorrow, I will be thrilled to be super freaking busy doing just that. 
Um, it, I, it gets me, it gets me really excited to do this. So seriously, DM me. Um, the reason why I'm talking on my personal uh, Twitter and not the the WBA one is because anyone who wants to reach out to me, I want you to reach out to me and say, "Hey, man, can we hop on a on a Discord call or something?" And um, and you know, basically, what I'll do is I'll say, you know, what do you know? What do you what do you what can you already do? Um, and I'll shoot you some stuff. Like I am, I'm a resource and tool junkie. I just discovered an iOS app called Yolmo, Y-O-L-M-O. Um, disclaimer, I have nothing to do with them. I just found it. But it is literally the dark side of coding for me because instead of looking at sports while I'm waiting for my pizza to be done, I'm writing some code. So, Jeff, nice. I like it. I just had a thought. Yeah. We should we should chat uh, tomorrow at some point, as long as your inbox isn't flooded. Um, maybe we do something where... So this coming Saturday and then the two after it as well. Yeah, Callum. Our last three workshops. Yeah, with Callum and then Zeke and then Noah. So that should be pretty full stack because Noah does some front end stuff. Yeah. Maybe we work with those three to do some sort of like tester exam or something for like the six week where if people have followed all those courses done some of the extra reading they recommended on the side they can build something out or do some sort of test and that could be one way you guys could point to for people with saturday's question of like what's a good foundation when i'm just totally new because for anyone who doesn't know last saturday um zeke gave an intro course and it was a true intro course like you don't even need to know anything about coding He'll help you wrap your mind around what a blockchain is, how smart contracts work, how Rust and Cosmos and every everything fit in. And so from there, uh, building into the next three weeks, for people like me and you Saturdays who are just totally kind of like, know the tiniest bit, but that's about it. It's like seriously perfect. Um, yeah, maybe maybe we do something, yeah, so some kind of I, culmination test with that. I am all about it. And and really, you know, it's it's fun for me too because you know those conversations allow me to learn not only what people know and want to know, but also what their favorite tools are. So I got a I got connected to a um, a guy who'd been incarcerated for ten years um, through a mutual friend, and and he knew Python before he went away, and he and his you know our mutual friend got us connected. And said, "Can you help him out?" And the first thing I said is, "What do you like, and what tool is most comfortable?" Because what I can now do is reach into my reach into my you know huge toolbox of resources and say, okay, start here, and then I'm going to connect with you the next day and say, do you, is it working for you or not? Because if it's not, tell me, I'll find something else. Yeah, you know, just to get help people get started. Yeah, but there's a lot out there, but it's a mess. It is a lot. It's a lot to navigate. And that's why things like this are needed, I think, right? Like help navigating and figuring out that mess. Um, real quick, though, shout out to Jacob Remy down there who pointed out, I think your DMs are closed. My personal so that, <laughs> that might be an issue. Well, heck. Some some privacy setting might be on. Maybe it's like I need to turn you have to call it more. Yeah. But just give Somebody's about to get a bunch of dings. <laughs> yeah, as soon as they finally open. Um, while he checks that out, grits. Oh, so cool. oh man. Hey, I just finished fixing a bathtub. It took me hours. 
<laughs> you always always got a cool story about your day. I swear, fixing something. <laughs> Usually cars, but today a bathtub. Yeah, I have to actually fix my truck next weekend. <clears throat> so yeah. when are you going to learn how to fix up a smart contract? Yeah, I was probably thinking of doing some more programming, and so actually, I totally missed the thing like last weekend or whenever you guys had that because I was actually programming on this spreadsheet. So whenever that's done, then I'll be able to hop into the smart contract world. Heck yeah. Yeah, well, there's going to be more and more resources every day. I mean, Spark and Interchain are definitely going to do more stuff. Jopper's I was looking at like like the code that that's everything. You know, what? like why not do Go instead of Rust? And yeah. Just, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I went through that for a while, like back when I was going to because Rust, I heard the learning curve is like really steep compared, but I'm not sure about Go. I've heard they're fairly similar. I don't, Jabber, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's a great question, and it's something that we, um, we've we talked about a lot. Um, I know Rust is faster. Like, they, they're like, I think Rust is like just ultimately faster. Computationally. Yeah, well, yeah so, right. it's so good that the Linux kernel is even replacing parts of C++ with it, so... Oh yeah, yeah. It is. Um, it is. It, it's a faster, superior, um, safer smart contract language. Um, I would say, you know, the thing about Go is that it is. Uh, it, it's probably better for building the modules, which is, you know, why like the, the SDK Cosmos model. SDK. Yeah. What's that? Like the Cosmos SDK. Yeah, the, and that's and that's you know, it's better for building that. Uh, Rust is better for the smart contract. Um, again, because of the speed and the safety and, and, you know, while it is, you know, in the last year and a half, I've spent a good amount of time working on Solidity and Viper and, and JavaScript and even, and Rust. And I'd say that even though it's more complex, Rust makes more sense. And really the, what, as a learner, what I think the edge with Rust is, is that when you make a mistake, it literally gives you a very specific explanation of how to fix it very yeah, granularly. I was hearing it gives you really good coding practices as well. Totally. Like it, yeah, it, that's you know, actually, this is exactly the type of like kind of um, background conceptual stuff that Zeke went over last week. So like for anyone who's oh, kind yeah. of interested in what we mean by this of just like how languages can actually be different, like a re- go back and watch that. It's on the Spark IBC YouTube. Um, there's a recording of it. It's all edited and trimmed down. Uh, a good example he used was like, um, I think he used integer overflow limits where a language like Solidity if there's something broken in your code and you try and run it, it'll kind of just let it run and like break itself. But if something in your code is wrong because none of us are perfect coders in Rust, it's going to tell you that right away and be like, nope, th- th- this doesn't work. Like yep. not going to let, not going to let us like break ourselves trying to do it. And, and so that's just kind of an easy to understand analogous example, but it speaks to how like languages are fundamentally different, which before I got into dev at all, I didn't really know. I was like, what, what's Java versus CSS versus whatever. Like I kind of knew their place in doing things, but not, uh, you know, the benefits they might have and they are fundamentally different. And so Rust has a lot of perks. There's a lot of Java versus JavaScript jokes about that. <laughs> well, and the other thing is that you know, there's another joke that's that's funny. You know, JavaScript, you make a mistake, and and the you know the um, the compile, you know, it'll come back and say you made a mistake somewhere. 
in here. Whereas Rust, they'll say, you made a mistake on line 17, and it's going to draw an arrow exactly where you made the mistake, and it's going to say, here's seven different ways that you could fix it, and they'll all work. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. So, and, and, and one of the things with that, I don't mean to get too granular, is that, um, you know, a lot of languages, they compile and run at the same time where that's two steps for Rust. So it can tell you you made a mistake before they run it. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so <clears throat> exciting. And then you guys still, though, you mentioned, will like sprinkle in a bit of Go as necessary, right? Because yeah, so and that, like, the part, end of that was, yeah, the end part of that was we're, we're going to get some Go in there only because um, it's not hard. I guess, I guess for people who don't know, and please jump in here and correct me um, if I'm wrong, but like both Go and Rust inherently will have a place in the cosmos because from my monkey brain understanding, Rust is the language of smart contracts in the cosmos, whereas Go is the language of the blockchain itself and the cosmos SDK. Not the blockchain itself, but is that sort of a good way to think about yeah. it? Like they're yeah. both crucial parts of the system it's not really a versus necessarily right they just serve different functions so as basically it is learn both. yeah <laughs> yeah right learn both that's what i was like oh my god do i just have to learn both <laughs> um well you know here's the interesting it's thing you know if you want to build dApps and be a developer you, you want to learn rust and understand and be able to read go whereas if you want to you know work at the chain level and and um you know, and build the actual modules and, and work on the SDK, you need to use Go. So, yeah. Yeah, cool. Learn I think both. that's, <laughs> yeah, people hear those languages thrown around a lot, but non-devs, I'm not sure if they know, like, how they actually fit into the Cosmos. But, yeah, they definitely both have a place. Um, cool. So what else? Do you have anything else you want to cover in particular, Jaffer? Um. No, I mean, if it, you know, the only thing I would say is um, if you're interested, but you don't know what you're, if you're a fit, just apply. Yeah. I think that's important. Um, and, you know, if you want to connect with me, my DMs now are open. Connect with me. And if you have any feedback on what you're hearing, but you're too shy to chime in, um, you know, please, I want to hear the feedback, you know. Um, we, we've opened our applications. Uh, they've been open about a week. Uh, the quality is really good so far. We were, you know, working out some nuances, um, as far as schedule go to get fully launched as far as when the first cohort's going to go, but it's going to be at least another two to three weeks of the application window, but it's not going to close. It's going to be rolling. So, um, you know, I'd love any feedback or any interest or any thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think you will hopefully get a good amount of that starting, you know, in the next few weeks. I'm gonna probably try and make a consistent effort to like help keep promoting you guys. You. Um, actually, speaking on the name, I was gonna mention earlier, uh, maybe as like an unofficial tagline nickname or something. I could help you do up some some marketing like images, but you know, Cosmos College has a really good ring to it. Just just saying. Cosmos College. I like that. <laughs> I, think, um, I think because, funny enough, we know how my only concern about what you guys are doing, funny enough, and this is fantastic, but it's my only concern, is we know that people, people are lazy. 
like inherently everyone, even hard workers that grind at what they do, they're, they're lazy in other areas. We all are, especially when you're just scrolling Twitter after a long day of doing whatever you're not lazy with. And so like, Scrolling, the only thing I'm wondering is like scrolling past Web3 Builders Alliance. It's a cool name. It definitely communicates what you do, but not really what makes you unique and special in that you are giving like a almost college level uh, with college benefits, such as lasting sort of alumni family thing and capstone and job connection, possible incubation down the road. Um, as corny as it sounds, I almost feel like something like Cosmos College communicates what makes you guys unique a little bit better <laughs> no i i like i said i appreciate the feedback and it is something that we definitely um you know we definitely mold over it look it was easy when we were the tba and yeah. it was easy when it was you know a very small community and a very specific um objective and you know it was easy when we had a very specific sim simple um you know funding model it all that was easy but you know what? I, I, I'm not a fan of easy. Um, I, but the WBA, uh, look, we, we went through all kinds of stuff because we wanted also, we wanted something that we could have fun with. Like, you know, um, that, that you can make up different things on what WBA meant. Like TBA was to be announced or totally bullish AF. And, you know, we had all kinds of side things for it that we had fun with. Um, yeah. but at the end of the day, we wanted to just get this thing rebranded and, and get it out there and get rolling on the meat of it. But I, I, I don't know. Cosmos college has a, has a nice ring it, and it ring. definitely does capture the ethos. Cause this is, you know, we designed this thing on a university model. You yeah. know? I mean, it's not only the coursework, but the idea that we want to support research and, and development and all kinds of stuff afterwards. You know, and that we want our, our cadets to come back and teach and participate in, in, in continuing education and things of that sort. I think the hardest thing for a lot of <clears throat> new developers is like, where do you start? Yeah. Like, what do you want? Yep. What do you try building? What like for me, I've been like, like we're like there's you look at all the hire for hire positions. It's all seasoned developers. And, and yeah. there's some some of their job postings are so ridiculous. I like think they, they require 10 years in DeFi and stuff like that. It's like nothing's been even around for as long as you're asking the requirements for. <laughs> it's very crazy. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. And that's and that's the thing, you know, it's like, you know, if you've been in this, I always say, you know, uh, one month is seven years in crypto life, you know, it's uh, it's like dog years. You know, if you've been in this, people are like, I'm only in it for a year or two. Well, that's kind of long comparatively, you know, for some in some folks. I mean, the people that have been around since 2014, man, they're grizzled. <laughs> yeah, I'll be in, I'll be again my 10 years in, in 2025, I guess. I do. I do feel like, though, <laughs> um, what you said, I really resonated with grits of like where do you even start because that's how i've felt and it's actually why i'm like so excited about the the builders alliance because it feels like finally the obvious one of like okay like duh there because it's all intensive like i know you other people might need to read more documentation get to trust you but like i, I just know like okay i trust that that's going to be like a diverse like learning environment like as opposed to you know in the examples we used earlier like a, a pay pay to learn job i know that i'm i don't know where to start but i know that they'll help me figure that out and get started um 
Yeah, there so, needs to be more blockchains with pay, like, um, uh, like, you know, entry level positions where you know they fund development through you know you guys or whatever, and then you know there's got to yeah. be something set up like that because there's yeah. just no like there's so many people walking around like I don't even know what to do. <laughs> I'm one of in, them. So in fact, you remind me, Gritz. Yeah, Jeff or something else uh, I wanted to touch on is like you guys mentioned the possibility of sort of doing like actual project incubation down the road, whether yeah. it's, uh, yeah. yeah. That's the exact type of thing that whenever, whenever one of those projects um, fits sort of the spark parameters, like if it's something that would be beneficial to the interchain as a whole, that's the exact kind of thing that we would actually do a campaign for to help bolster your incubation fund. So, yeah, one thing we've been like, we'll only really be able to kind of uh, get this message across over time is like, we don't want to just do our own events as Spark. So these education workshops we've been doing is something we organized, but the idea was inspired by seeing other people do really cool things and them not getting enough attention, organization, donations, whatever. And so we built sort of this structure that adds gamification and all this stuff to help exactly the kind of thing you're building. So whenever whenever that gets up and rolling, we'll definitely be in touch. I don't know how this will work out like officially, but um, that's just like a match made in heaven. And I wanted to touch on that. Yeah, well, and, and look, you know, you and I are going to be in touch anyway, so I'm not that worried about that. And we, you know, I think that it was funny that one day that we realized that we had so much synergy between what you're yeah. doing and what we're doing. We're like, hey, wait a minute, we have more to talk about here. So, um, but yeah, and look, we're going to, in a sense, there, there's going to be a DAP house component to what we're doing here once, you know, once we have a lot of projects that that want to that want to do things that maybe aren't, um aren't ready for the VCs or the chains to give grants to or what have you. They may not be ready for that. Um, yep. Or they prefer to incubate it in-house because they feel comfortable doing it in-house and they want the resources we're going to provide. So, and, you know, I, look, we're, we're people people. I hate saying that, but we are. And, you know, I'm going to have a group of cadets and I'm going to see them as they go through their experience. And I'm going to say, you know what? Those couple guys, they should get with Spark IBC and they should build something. You know, it's going to be like that. And we're going to, you know, we're going to match people up. We're going to connect people. So, I mean, our, you know, if you go to our website, you see our, our three, you know, our three big words are learn, build, connect. So a dating app for developers. A what? A dating app. (laughs) See, that's, that's. Okay. All right. Keep quiet. That's one of our, that's actually one of our ideas. Shush now. We need to get some more women in this room, all right? So, no offense, but I—that's my preference. And uh, you know, oh my god, you want to hear something hilarious? Uh, my my mother listened to one of these spaces. I'm not sure which one. I think she found it on like uh, Terra Spaces Vault. And her one comment was, "You need to stop saying you guys." <laughs> like, and I was like, "Oh no, you're right. Like, there's actually multiple women that come into these spaces. There's like entire sort of like little communities, like people." that i'm friends with i totally say it genderlessly but in general she's right we need to like make an effort to kind of just have it be more welcoming and inclusive and get get everybody in here and building cool stuff 
Well, you know, it, it just on that, just, you know, it, I, um, so I have a daughter, a 12 year old daughter who is, uh, an NFT artist and, you know, she's been just doing the digital art and she hasn't done the whole create all the little pieces and put it together in code and have it, you know, generate and all that. She hasn't done that part yet, but I'm, I'm trying to get her to, yep. um, her brother's already, you know, using my raspberry Pi coded a Jarvis robot using Python. So he's a little bit ahead of the game. Um, so don't let them team up. They'll be unstoppable. Uh, no, I want them to be, come on. No, I want them to, <laughs> but, uh, only once you've cemented their allegiance to you, you gotta, I, I don't know. I don't know where they're at in that cycle. Well, they're 12 <laughs> and 14. So they're teenagers. It's going to waver over the next couple of years, what that looks like, <laughs> yeah. but you know, but just on that note, I mean, there's a lot of social a- uh, activism and advocacy in my, in my blood. And um, just so you know, one of the things that we've done, in addition to reaching out to BAF, which is Blockchain Acceler- Accelerator Foundation, and Blockchain Education Network, which is Ben, those are your big blockchain society university organizations. Um, aside from reaching out to them, and they're you know they're promoting the program to their university students, I've also reached out to Girls Who Code, which is a very big. Um, exactly what it sounds like organization here in the States. And we're working with them to promote the program to really anybody who's ready for it to be able to participate. Because I think it is a problem, the the dearth of female professionals in the Web3 space. I think it's a problem. And I think that it, it, it could only help to really be able to tackle that head on with some really specific um initiative so you know in doing our part that's something we want to do we, we don't want to have you know 15 men in a cohort no. all together and you know having been a teacher there's something very creative that's brought to the table um by having that mix by having that diversity um of of lens so i mean those are all the things that are important to us and you know and also i want my daughter to have a place to go <laughs> yeah absolutely my so partner cool. actually just finished a Mernstown boot camp like six months ago, and he did the three month one, and he got like straight A's and <clears throat> all that. Well, and they actually offered the Mernstack, um, like uh, you know, front end is like yeah, it's a uh, React, yeah, <clears throat> Mon- Mongo, and all that stuff, and he pretty yep. much uh got offered a tutor, so he's back doing that, and he's paid tutor now, so. Where he's essentially not even paying for his school, but he ended up landing like his first job was trash, but the second job actually that picked him up was very impressive. The money is ridiculous and it's very easy. So, yeah, Mern stack's a good. Uh, that's a good stack to have. I mean, it's uh, very. You know, it's like anybody who ever asks you, "Can you build a, a website that takes payments?" If you've got that Mern stack, you're going to be busy. Yeah. Nice. Cool. All right. Well, I guess just uh, we don't not necessarily need to wrap up, but just as an echoing for people tuning in, um, best place to kind of get involved with everything we're talking about and maybe do more reading or even uh, if, if you feel like you're ready, maybe even apply. Check out the it's at come biddle with us. So if you look at my pin tweet above, um, I tag them in the bottom of that. Of course it gets cut off in the little preview, but check out their Twitter. And from there you can get to their medium and website and uh, get more info there and maybe even apply. And, and again, if you feel like 
not quite ready for that or I don't I don't know if I'm ready for that. Shoot Japper here a message. Um did did you figure out those privacy settings? Did you find whatever it was? Yeah, they're all good now. Okay, cool. So DM should be open and he'll just he'll be more than happy to walk you guys through where you're at if you're right for a certain cohort, what you might need to brush up on or start with. Um so I think it's funny, I think you hit the nail on the head, Grits, when you said the hardest part about coding. Once you've decided it's something you want to do, it's not for everyone. Everyone has an interest. But once you've decided you're interested, it really is just where to start. Yep. Like that, that is it's. And even I feel like from what I've heard talking to other devs, it's really only the initial start. Like even learning yeah. a second language, for example, or a third, none of that is as hard as the first one. Because once you have your feet wet with just how. Like, I don't think devs realize it because they're so ingrained, but it's not just coding that's complicated. It's just like even navigating GitHub or figuring out, um, you know, whatever. Like back in the day, sometimes I would be downloading some weird software for who knows what. And instead of just giving me an EXE or a zip file, it would link me to a GitHub. And I'd be like, I don't even know how to download the program from this. This looks like the like code for it. And so... (laughs) <laughs> luckily i've kind of grown up past that but it keeps me cognizant that it's like it's hard art. yeah and so you guys are providing the easiest way in um namely just with a dm to you like what could be easier yeah i actually have yeah. a hard time learning stuff like uh unless i actually have like a, my own project that's gonna do something if it's not yeah. like, rewarding enough i'm just gonna not gonna do it <laughs> yeah so it has gonna- to be, like, i want to build this thing or learn this thing yeah I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a plug for a project that I, I love, and I, I don't have any connection to them. But um, when I was learning JavaScript, um, there's a project out there called Scrimba, um, and S-C-R-I-M-B-A. I think I've heard of it. And Scrimba is a really, you know, and like I said, I, 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 I'm out here searching for best multimodal ways of learning. Of learning, I understand that the way I learn is very different than others, so I'm always looking for different ways. And what Scrimba does that's that's really cool, and it's I mean they don't have a full library of all the languages, but they're pretty good with Python and JavaScript. Which if you're brand spanking new, you got to start there. I would say. Um, I did the learn programming course for JavaScript and most of the React one, but I'm not very. I'm I'm trying to manipulate APIs and, and arrays right now. That's where I'm at anyway. Yeah, I mean, and that stuff, you know, look, there's such nuance. And the other thing, you know, especially about APIs, the thing about a lot of what we're talking about, and Timmy, you hit the nail on the head a few minutes ago, it's all ever-changing. It's all changing so fast. So, you know, you could find, and that's why, like, when I search for material, as much as I love Ethan's um, Cosm Wasm videos from 2019, there's yep. just so much stuff that's deprecated. Yeah. And you, gotta, you know, and if you don't know, you don't know. Um, and, you know, that's why one of the main projects that we're going to have our cadets do early on is versioning projects. Um, the other thing that a lot of people don't know is you, you can't do, it's very hard to do Rust Cosmosm on a Windows machine. You have to, you know, get into subsystem Linux and people don't know that. Even the new MacBook Pros with the M1 chip up until a couple months ago, interestingly enough, was not playing nice with Cosm Wasm. What about a virtual box? Can you use a virtual box? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're great. But, I yeah. mean, you okay. know, if, you know, I always – here's my feeling on, on the virtuals. You know, you got to 
I think you got to learn how to work on your own machine locally. Um, like one of the things I did very early on is I went into an office depot and I bought an old, you know, desktop machine, you know, PC, and I stripped all the Microsoft stuff off of it and put, you know, and got Ubuntu on it and learned how to play with it because you gotta, you gotta know how to. That's the only way I learned. Yeah. I'm very familiar with Linux myself because I literally had a period where I was like, I hate windows for (laughs) a while. Yeah. Um, and you know, the other, I don't know if any of you guys know this, but the other crazy thing is Cosmosm doesn't always play nice with Cosmos SDK in, like in Stargate, in the Ignite CLI, which is a tool, if you guys don't know what it is. Um, it's basically, you know, a ready-made sandbox with everything already loaded in to make it easier. But Cosmos, Cosmosm doesn't play. We're launching a blockchain, right? Stargate. Yeah. For, yeah. yeah. And it's, and that's, you know, the, the irony of that is ridiculous, you know, and, you know. <laughs> I had not heard that, actually. Yeah. And, but these are the things that we want our, our cadets to learn and find solutions for. Because part of our yeah. initiative is to break down barriers of entry for people who have passion and energy to want to want to do this. And it's not easy. And we don't want to turn your great web to people that want to do it. And they come in and it's too hard for that, the old dog to learn new tricks that seem so different. We want to break that, down that barrier so that we can get talent in the space. Yeah, and I think this is going to be a pretty effective way of doing it. And yeah, let's definitely talk tomorrow about um, yeah. maybe putting some kind of culmination together for the Spark workshops that can be something you can point people to. Because I have a feeling you'll have a lot of people in that position of, knowing that they're not quite ready to just apply right away, but want yep. to know, okay, where, you know, guide, guide me towards my basic learnings. Yep. Now, just yeah. uh, to be honest with you, I got a crazy day tomorrow, so we might be chatting Friday. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. I just, because yep. I've got, I got some guys in the Philippines that I work with and they're, they're so far off my schedule that oh, I, I've got like crazy all hours of the wheeze to, to have these calls. Cool. Well, no huge rush, obviously, at all. Um, but, I went, but yeah, later than well, Friday. But it's on my it's on my soon yeah. agenda now. We know how to get in touch with each other pretty easily. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> cool. Um, cool. Um, if anybody wants to request to come up, it's definitely a great time. Um, if you have questions for Japper, uh, whether about Web Three Builders Alliance or anything else, really, just about his background, um, maybe things he's interested in, and uh, if not, we can just kind of slowly transition into general chat about whatever and have uh, the rest of the boot camp here. I have until the top of the hour, so still got quite a bit of time. I'm going to fight with a for loop tonight. Awesome. I'm going to try to shove it into an API call. I have no idea what I'm doing. Luckily, my husband's way further ahead than I am. Yeah, Japper. So Chris here has been going bananas on a spreadsheet for like months now, like just a Google sheet, but doing the most (laughs) crazy automation and charting and API calls. And like, you're basically most of it in a month, but like the. Actually, it's funny, Gritz. You're really good. Uh, what you're doing is a really good example of how like people get into coding different ways and for different needs and different like things that give them enough passion to actually slot through the annoying. I bit. also had a magic mirror project. Like you can code little modules and stuff for it, but yeah. 
yeah but like right it's just like you have this specific thing of getting the spreadsheet all built out but you're starting to learn like coding through it through api and other things yeah the the google scripts actually is just javascript v8 and yep there you, you go you, you just can't do certain things like i don't think you can run an asynchronous function in the sheet forever because google would be that like would why are you running bots on my script you know yeah <laughs> so but yeah like other than that like it's pretty flexible nice Dorian. Yeah, what i was going to say is uh, the, yep. the the javascript or the scrimba thing the way it's set up is uh the guy pair does a little a little instruction on basically kind of like a Khan Academy type screen. And I did free could, code camp. Yeah. Free code camp is great. And they, they're, yeah. it, they use Scrimba's technology a little bit. Oh, um, really? Quincy. Quincy does great work. Um, but what Scrimba does is you could actually, you actually code in the same IDE that he is. Oh, yeah. You're actually using the same, um, the same sandbox. So it's not separate. It's pretty cool. Hmm. Yeah, the whole the whole issue with like the learning stuff, like the learning program, like I can read code really well and interpret it. I just can't fit anything together. So I just need to practice more, basically. For like, me, it's syntax, like coding in my mind. I like I'm very good at conceptual coding and I can help devs like build out logic and stuff, but I cannot like. I like putting things into classes and using static functions a lot. I think that cleans up a lot of things when I'm trying to like fo- like figure out systems. Yeah, everybody has, it's funny, coding is like, it is an art, like you'll notice that people, the exact same task can be done very different ways, sort of everyone has their own way of going about things. <laughs> My husband actually like commented the other day, he's like, the code way you code is ridiculous, <laughs> because I'll, I'll just like take parts of a whole bunch of things and throw them on like the sheet and just make it all fit and then ask it's for help. way more complex than it probably has to be. Yeah. And my, my husband will like delete a bunch of stuff and then make it work in like two <laughs> lines. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Dorian, what's up? I, uh, I, I, I didn't accept you earlier just cause not sure if troll or not brand new account, but no, glad brand you stuck new around. Account. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, I just but glad you stuck around. Yeah, no, I just wanted to express my uh, my gratitude for you guys. This is like very refreshing. Uh, everybody always talks about uh, you know public goods and Web three, and it's very rare to see uh, something like this, and especially out of Juno, where uh, it's always like the community chain, the community chain, and I haven't seen too much of that. But this is like a perfect example of it, and for me, it like speaks right to me. Uh, and I'm sure it does for others because, like, I was watching. I, I sent the message to uh, Sever. Is it? I'm sorry. Uh, the the instructor uh, about um, just like watching the fray from uh, Core One or Core Two and like Callum's videos back like when he did them on his uh, YouTube channel. I didn't really know how to like. I'm through like JavaScript, basically like intermediate JavaScript, and uh, towards the end stage. But I couldn't see myself going from that to what they're doing. But at the same mm. time, I would like what they're doing, contributing to the protocols and like like it seemed like miles away from, you know, what I was doing before. So I very much agree with what you guys were going uh, through before uh, about like uh, taking time for not like this cohort or the next one, but uh, just like uh, advice for how to best prepare myself to be eligible for a program like this. Um, yeah, uh, I guess I could. Yeah, and I got your DM, so I'll get back to you probably in the morning. Yeah, awesome. Thank you very much, guys. You're very welcome.
Yeah. And I hope, I hope like that's everyone's approach, like, or attitude rather of just a little bit daunting. Don't know where to start. Just start with a DM or just start with, you know, somewhere. Yeah. And I'm on, uh, I'm on discord. Um, so, you know, for those of you that we want to really dive in and have a good chat, um, I'll probably get you on discord or telegram just so it's a little bit easier, most likely discord, because if we're chatting with each other, um, through writing um, and it's easier to just hop on a quick call and expedite. Um, hopefully you guys are cool with that. Cause that'll be, you know, I'm, I'm very quick to want to do that. And I, remember the, the only, only way to find and connect with Japper on discord is to join the spark IBC discord and you can find him in the sidebar. Yeah. There you <laughs> impossible, go. Yeah. Impossible to add him directly. <laughs> Wait, is um, it really like no, a and, and look, we're gonna have our no, Discord up. No. Yeah, we have um we have uh we're we're redoing our whole Discord right now. Um because I mean, it looks good. I'm in there right now. It looks pretty good so far. And I noticed you read the site out because like as soon as I saw like the general gist, I I started following it. So I guess you guys are working during the day on this too. Yeah, well we're always working on it. Um and you know the the gift and the curse is, you know, we, we kind of wanted to keep our following, but we really felt like we needed to make a clean break and, and clean everything up and go fresh, especially since, you know, our channels and some of our mission and so on has changed. So we really wanted to build that out. And um, one of the other guys working on the project, quite frankly, uh, his legacy job has just been eating him up for the last two weeks and he hasn't been able to devote as much time. So um, I, on the other hand, like I said, I, I'm retired. So this is my life. <laughs> Bad me teaching your kids how to, how to teach my code. <laughs> so when people, people who thought I was crazy, because, you know, 99% of the world doesn't know what Web3 is. They're like, dude, you're retiring from a 30-year career that is well-paying to go into tech startup is what they call it. Um, I'm like, look, I want to retire, spend more time with my kids and build cool shit. You know, that's the easy tagline. And that's, it's that simple. That's the dream. <laughs> and also, right? you can, that's for an analogy for them, you, think, you gotta remember how fun the internet was back in the day before it was just like a coordinate corporate monopoly. Like, this is the new that. Like, I'm just trying to, I'm going where the fun is. <laughs> yeah. And I'm incredibly fortunate to be able to, you know, merge my two passions and be able to spend more time with my kids. Well, look at, so, look at Zachy. Know, I feel, you know, he's right. like, I wash him on. Don's uh, YouTube channel, and he's like, "Well, why'd you kind of start doing crypto?" And he's like, "Well, I was Whoa. basically bored of biotech." <laughs> uh, Chris, your mic is going wild, or is that just me? Did you guys hear that? I hear you fine. Your your mic is super robotic for me. I don't know if it's me or you though. The Japper, does he sound normal to you? He sounds a little crunchy at times. Okay. Oh yeah, that time you did. Unless he has gas. <laughs> Probably have to restart. Try again. Yeah. Cool. But yeah. Um, let's see. Let me check. I always say I'm going to remember to do this. Let's check the DMs. Well, no questions, but definitely some people interested. Awesome. Yeah, I think. So you actually, I think you might have already mentioned this, but a lot of numbers thrown around. What's the rough size of a, a cohort, like a, a group? So um, we, we're going to go with uh, 12 to 15 cadets per cohort um, because we want to maintain a, you know, a small enough 
intimate enough group that we could really dive in and support. Um, at the moment, the plan is to have uh, two teachers, one who's taking the lead on a given day and the others who's more of a teaching assistant on a given day, me, and then um, you know an intern that we're going to have whose only job in the live sessions is going to be to handle technology challenges so that the teacher and the TA is not stopping what they're doing either in in an instructional mode or in a support mode with individuals or small groups. Um, they don't have to, we don't want them having to worry about someone's, you know, VS code live share not working correctly. We're going to have someone basically just assigned to that. Again, just to make sure that we are, you know, I'm big on efficiency and operational excellence and everything that we do. And so that's the idea behind it. And if you think about, um, three people in the room supporting 12 to 15 people. That's a heck of a ratio from a learning standpoint. Uh, yeah. And so we, you know, we want to, we're probably going to be between three and five cohorts this first round. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we have ideas in place, but we also want to maintain flexibility to A, deliver, but B, continue to do it at a level that, you know, that we hold ourselves to. Whoever uh, did the YouTube videos did a fantastic job. Or I only watched one, but whoever, uh, I'm not sure who that was, but that was great. Which, which are you talking about Terra Academy videos? Uh, no, did you guys have one up? Oh, are you thinking of the Spark IBC workshops? Yeah, yeah. Was that not yeah. was that before? That was me. I did those. <laughs> I'm a video oh, editor. Yeah. Great. great job, yeah. That was, uh, yeah, I hope. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I liked uh the workshops themselves were great, but then the, a video gives me the chance to kind of like trim fat, add highlighted details and stuff like that. For sure. I got to go back and watch it again to fully absorb it. But yeah, thank you. Yeah, I service. think I don't know if to to clarify what we were talking about earlier. Now that you know that those those workshops, those recorded sessions, as well as the next three Saturdays. Um, those are things that Spark IBC is running, and that's what we were talking about. Where maybe we'll turn that into some kind of course that people take as a short, you know, it's just like three workshops, four workshops, um, sort of test or primer to be able to prep themselves for the, uh, you know, Web3 Alliance, the actual Cosmos University, or however you might call it. Um, so that'd be, yeah, that'd be super cool. Um, what was... Oh, you sound a lot better. There we yeah. go. Um, Jeffer, so someone is asking about the Discord. Is it live yet, or are you kind of redoing it? Like, there's no yeah, link so, around. So at the moment, it is, you know, it's called Web3 Builders. It's getting moved around. Um, the And it's, you know, it's just basically getting revamped. Um, the TBA is what it used to be, but it's actually the Web3 Builders Alliance. Um, and we're just we're just getting everything in place because one of the things that we're going to use this for as well is we're going to have channels for um, that's just for cadets um, to be able to interact with each other cross cohort, to work on projects work cross cohort, and also to set up office hours. So we've got to redo some of those and some of the permission bots and things of that sort. Okay. Cool. Um, so it's not as soon so as that's up and running, I'm gonna I'm gonna blast it on Twitter and let everybody know and yep. invite folks in. 
That's what I was going to say. Yeah. So anyone looking to join the Discord, just in general, get involved with this, definitely follow at come biddle with us. So build, but the DNL switch, just like Hoddle. Um, it's in the tweet that's pinned at the top of this space. Unfortunately, it's cut off in the preview, but just tap on the pinned tweet and you'll find them there. And then whenever the Discord's live and ready, they'll, they'll make sure that link gets seen. And to contribute towards the general fund, that's just like the links that you guys have posted in your in your uh, domain names, the decentralized uh, ones, to Spark mm-hmm. IBC. Say again. It, the like the Spark that's that you got the Spark like the Spark links uh, that you guys have in your uh, DNSs. Um, that's mm. like that's the correct place to be like uh, making donations. So no, so. Hold on. So two separate things. Just want to make sure we're clear. So like what um, Jaffer is doing with Web3 Builders Alliance is totally separate from Spark. And uh, the Spark platform is not yet live. So if you are making donations on a website that looks like Spark, you may have weaseled your way onto the beta through some nice link finding. Oh, I wasn't even doing any snooping. Okay. I no, clicked on well done. I clicked on one of your uh, your like uh, Juno names. And, yeah, yeah, the link was attached. Yeah, you'd be surprised how few people do that. I think, but there's some cool stuff to find when you do. So, yeah, did you get to the Spark website? Yeah, yeah, it looks yeah looks great. I see the general fund, the campaign fund, leaderboards. Yeah. Dude, that's really cool. That's awesome. You found that. Yeah, so that's on Testnet right now for Testnet. Okay. Too. Yep. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it looks it looks about ready to go, which is why I'm a little bit confused. Awesome. Yeah. No, it's it's uh we, we have the kind of blessing. Like, wow. <laughs> we have the blessing of a bear market in a way where there's less Russian pressure, so it's like let's get everything just right. Yeah. But very soon you are right. Very, very soon. On a comment on what I was mentioning before, before I forget anyway. Uh you were mentioning you came out of a thirty year career and stuff like that. Zachy actually is one of the same uh, same people that did similar thing he was a biotech guy for decades i guess and then got bored of it and now is developing cosmos and stuff like that so amazing it's funny you know like i was in kind of um affluent private schools so i dealt with a clientele that makes some people cringe um and i i say you know my partner went to private schools i I, I didn't didn't make it through school (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I always say, you know, I'd rather be in Web three startups than be in a private school doing what I was doing. <laughs> They're like, wow, <laughs> you know, my meds got cut in half. <laughs> Japper, what did you go to school for? Was it development or no education or? Gosh, so what's your formal background in now that you before becoming a jack of all trades? Yeah, so um, I was an English teacher. I taught high school wow. English. So many, so many English teachers, yeah. like Jacob also. So, oh, he tripped. Yeah. So, like, I taught English. I also was a, uh, a head football coach and a head basketball coach. I was a curriculum designer and kind of just evolved over time. I uh, was always really into tech. Like, you know, I was uh, in 2003, I went to my headmaster and said, I'm putting my whole class online. I can do this whole thing, you know. Uh, digitally, and he was like, "What's that?" <laughs> so it's not like uh, I'm, I'm I'm completely new to this kind of thing. I just, um, yeah, it was uh, 
yeah, I, I uh, English teacher, but then my master's is in, um, you know, educational psychology and curriculum design. Yeah, that's what I thought. When did you first start picking up like coding as a side thing? Like, I know you're still pretty, you know, you know not calling yourself too good at it yet. We've talked about yeah. Well, sort of both of our faults, but yeah, yeah, is this like a last couple of years thing or something yeah. you've always tweeted around with? Yeah, I mean, yeah, last couple of years, and it's funny. I, you know, I'm never gonna call myself a developer because I always want to be in learn mode. Um, yeah. But that being said, I mean, if I if 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 I got tired of this today and wanted to go and and be a developer, I probably could. I I know enough, and I also know what I know in comparison to what's out there, um, which is one of the things I'm trying to, you know, support um, more with my strength. I don't know that being a developer would would suit me because I enjoy teaching and being part of the building and supporting community side of things. Um, and but yeah, I mean it's it's just the last couple of years. Um, I like building my own stuff, you know? Yeah. That's about it so far. To each his own, you know? I mean, we're all different and there's a place for everybody. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you a little bit on that grits, like especially when it's something that's hard to learn. If it's something I'm personally invested in, that yeah. definitely makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, just to give, you, to give you guys a little context and to show my age a little bit, the last time I formally learned code was in 10th grade where I learned Turbo Pascal. Wow. <laughs> wow. What that? What Pascal is a very, that? very old language. It's a very old language. I, I know what Pascal is. What's Turbo Pascal? <laughs> so that, just to give you a little bit of an idea, that's 1986. Most oh, of no. the people on this call probably weren't even born. What would you use it for? What are you doing? <laughs> I used That's it to actually, yeah, very curious. I used it to pass my class. <laughs> that my first coding experience was writing basic on an Apple II. And when we got those Apple IIEs, that was some serious tech. Man. <laughs> yeah, like that language came out in 1970, like Pascal, I mm -hmm. think. Very old. What is Wait, the, the one that Cardano's fucking written in? No, that's Haskell. Pretty much. It's not that different, right, than the first. <laughs> <laughs> Haskell's um, pretty badass. That Haskell Marlowe Plutus stack, that's pretty cool. That's cool stuff. It's just hard to use. It's very... It. Um, just like yeah. six of them. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's nuanced. That's a nice way of saying it. <laughs> yeah developers take spend lots of time building their apps because things take lots of time on that language so there's a javascript thing for everything as far as i can understand given my time so far yeah, look yeah, javascript is so central that you know yeah um, it's so central it's so it is you, you can't do anything without it, it. Like I like, I tried to learn React, and I'm like, man, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> like I'm just mashing components together. I don't know how to use React. You have to know JavaScript. You got it. I mean, look, I mean, your your JSON files. You know, you got to be able to. You you have to have a foundation. Look, if you're gonna if you're gonna develop on EVM at all, and you don't have any JavaScript background, you're in deep shit. Because yeah, mean, no, I hated JSON files when I first started out. Yeah, is, isn't Agoric like doing something with like blockchain development and JavaScript on Cosmos? Um, no, uh, that. Uh, or am uh, I thinking of someone else? Yeah, well, um, 
there's a number of chains out there that you know that where you can use JavaScript, but they they implicitly say not to be used for financial contracts. Um, in other words, don't put money on this thing. Yeah. Um, and but there's another there's another language out there that's being developed by uh, Will Chen. I don't know if you guys know who Will is, but Will is uh, you know really built a lot of the technology for Terra. Um, just genius of a guy, and he's working on a um, a language called CW Script, which is Cosmosm Script, which is basically a TypeScript um, to be able to program in Cosmosm. So he's working on That's that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's very cool because I mean, you know, whatever my feelings are about JavaScript, I mean, I love it, and I think it's super foundational and important. Um, I think that that it's it, your ability to use it at least in a smart contract. Um, lens is is not there except for what we already just said. Um, TypeScript, on the other hand, is is um, is a safer and a and a better language. And the idea that something's going to be built or it's actually being built um, to use Cosmosm in that way is uh, TypeScript is actually used very much with React because it's basically it just like fixes a lot of the issues JavaScript has. Checks types. Yeah, well, that's the yeah, main thing. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, a lot of the, the big um, solidity gigabrains like Patrick Collins, if you don't know who he is, if you ever want to learn EVM side stuff, he's, he's your guy. Um, go look at his videos. He's excellent. Um, but he, uh, he's a big TypeScript guy and he uses a lot of TypeScript. Um, what was know. Andre Cronier writing in? Phantom Solidity? What's that? What was Andre Cronje running in? I'm just curious. He writes Viper. Viper. Viper is like a Python version of Solidity. Yeah, but it's not like Python. It's a, it's a mess. I, I don't think the EVM sounds is gross. Great, but um, I'm a little bit biased. I think WebAssembly is the future of smart contracts. Oh yeah. And the reason is because languages like, like TypeScript, for example, there's actually a subset of TypeScripts called Assembly Script. Mm-hmm. And it's just yep. think of it as a strict version of TypeScript, but that'll actually compile to WebAssembly. Yep. And at some point, um, we are. Kind of goes hand in hand with Rust. Say so what? I think it goes hand in hand with Rust, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, I, uh, yeah. I mean, Rust compiles to WebAssembly. Golang yeah. compiles to WebAssembly. So it's like the fastest. It's basically the fastest thing. WebAssembly is what Near uses. Yeah. WebAssembly. Near's is coming to Cosmos, by the way. Code. I just read. Yeah, they're connecting to IBC. Yep. With uh, Composable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's an unconfirmed rumor that everybody already knows it's true. It's like a screenshot of like the pull request, right? From like the it's, whatever they call their. I saw an I saw an actual standard. article. Uh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. So I mean, it's How's going though, Jake. Glad to have you up here. Yeah, I figured I'd join and just like offer encouragement. I just think this is like so awesome, and it's like really great to like have people really interested in learning stuff and like that's really where it starts is just having the motivation to go out and like figure out stuff like you've already brought up people like Saki and and Jacob and you know even myself like I didn't start as like a computer programmer I studied philosophy I only made websites for fun I had a record label um and were you uh were you aware of what Japper was doing and the Web3 guys are even in touch with them prior to this? Or was this... No, no, I've been... uh, I mean, I did get into programming for quite a while and then I've been always in like the deep end of open source of just like figuring shit out without like any documentation or guidance. Um, Oh, no, I'm just wondering like, have you you heard of this initiative before tonight? 
Uh, I think I remember when you guys were working on like Terra stuff and I was like, ah, oh, damn, it'd be so great yeah. to have something like this for like general Cosmwasm because like, it's just, just <laughs> little so could you have known. Like, I don't think, I don't think writing smart contracts is really like that hard per se, but it's just, there's so much context and so many things to like understand. Yeah. Um, Did you, I don't know why you would have, cause it's probably so far, far below where you're at, but. Did you happen to see anything about what Zeke did in the Spark workshop last week? Because like I'm sure I, it was amazing. I was really impressed with how he covered that level of like context. Like before you even get into coding, just understanding how Rust works, how smart contracts work, how a blockchain works, like all this context. Like that's what you're talking about, right? That's yeah, sort of- I think that's another thing that doesn't get talked about with like JavaScript. Or like just a lot of things like with JavaScript, why is JavaScript hard? Well, you have to understand about like the web browser and all this stuff related to the web browser. There's just so much complication because like JavaScript kind of talk, touches on a lot of like web stuff, like the DOM, you know, do, if you're mm-hmm. what the DOM is or like HTML. J- doing things in jQuery. Well, that's how we used to do it back in the day. Yeah. In many ways, like that was like a much simpler time, but um, you run into it. Are you the same Jake that does all the merge requests for like Interwas and DAO and stuff? Um, yeah, that might that might be me. <laughs> um, hey, Timmy, I sent you that Medium article about near and composable. If you want to post it, is there? Oh, yeah, cool. I will. Um, is there is there another Jake in the in the mix? I know there's a Jacob. Uh, no, I just remember yeah. <laughs> Jake and his first name, so I figured it it would make sense. Nah, I think that's that's probably me. <laughs> but uh, unless there's like another Cosmos Jake, who knows? Oh, there um, will be soon. Oh, there will be. Yeah, I need to change my name. So there'll be telegrammers also trying to. There's only me. one Jake. I'm gonna change my name to Dow Maximalist. I think that that is gonna be my new name. Well, on grit, send me that on, on Twitter. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> um yeah there's yeah. so much to learn like and really the only way to do it is just like spend the time and just become obsessed with it yeah <laughs> like there's really kind of no other way um find something to get passionate and obsessed about within the space yeah. like that's that's been my thing with i would my biggest recommendation no one asked for this but i'm gonna give it anyway like for like people really learn, interested in learning this stuff is Use Linux. Um, <laughs> it's kind of actually going to make your life one? like easier, and it's going to teach you a lot of stuff. I but really like Xubuntu. What I really like about Linux is I, I got my start in Mac, but I, I at some point like switched to Linux, and there was definitely a couple months where I was like really confused. But the whole pro- time, I'm just learning things. Like every time you get confused, you're like actually learning like really useful things about like. Yeah how to use your file system it's like linux just kind of like makes you do all the low-level stuff that you have to do on like servers anyway and, and then you help kind of get contact, in this, right? yeah you yeah you're in this like zone where you have to like constantly learn stuff to do basic shit you're like oh <laughs> it's it's kind of great um so like i think is that's it still is it still gentoo or bust for linux distros yeah well <laughs> I, not, I tried that shit um, and you know what? I I fucking use a Ubuntu. I just uh, I kind so of funny. like I went like I'm just really busy and very practical now, and I just want my yeah. shit to work. And Ubuntu yep. works. 
like Debian works. Like I'm actually getting a, a new laptop and I'm going to be running Debian and it's just stable and it works. So, you know, yeah, the one you have to like uh, do a bunch of compile stuff on before you can even touch it. Uh, yeah, Gen 2 is pretty hardcore. Um, yeah, I, like two, one, I, I only know, I only even bring it up because they're just, it used to be like one of the most common like internet memes on like Reddit and 4chan of just anyone asking a computer question. The answer would just be learn, learn Gen 2 or install Gen 2. <laughs> like, yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was a different one. It's, it's, no, that one, one I remember really that. Hard. Apparently it's like the hardest to use, but most flexible technically. Like if you really just want to. Uh, I like actually Ubuntu. There's like a meme, like it's like a Arch 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 Linux. Like if you can install Arch Linux, you know things. Yeah, Arch Linux is kind of like hard mode where you have to like install all your fucking drivers. Like you just boot up and it's like a command prompt, and you don't even yeah. have like you don't have a desktop, you don't have drivers, you don't have anything. My husband did it once for fun. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Gentoo is even like harder and longer. <laughs> to install. Yeah, well, with Gentoo, you have to compile everything. Like that's the whole point of Gentoo is like don't trust something uh, someone else compiled. So it wow. takes forever. It takes literally it takes hours to install Gentoo. Um, <laughs> literally so raw you, computing you know, the, time. The not just thing about these these kind of projects is like you just learn so much doing them. You know, like yeah, it's yep. confusing, but. Um, after a while, it just becomes second nature. And then, like for example, if you use Linux, like you're really set up well to like run validators. Yeah. Because what do you run validators on? You run them on Linux, or at least you should. Like I think if you run validators on like Windows or Mac, you're just going to run into problems. Um, and that's just like not really supported or documented. So like, you know, if you're at all interested in running validators, like a really great way to start is like try switching to Linux as your primary d desktop and you, you know, you can still have windows installed, but like just force yourself to be in that environment. Um, you'll just learn so much stuff in the background. What yeah, a question learn for, to use the command line, like for real question for anyone up here is willing in, in, uh, in answering, um, Linux in a virtual machine versus dual booting. Dual I like boot. it in virtual box more. Dual boot for sure. I think they're they're both fine, but I was just actually encouraging people to to dual boot because I think that there's something to be said about just forcing yourself to use it as much as possible. If you have it in a virtual machine, like how often are you going to boot into that virtual machine? Like, I think virtual machines are fine, but I don't know. Yeah, it kind of depends. What it might depend what you're looking for, right? No, like better answer necessarily. That is very true. Yeah. Yeah, like if you want to get your feet wet, definitely virtual machine. So if people listening here are like, okay, I'd play around with Linux, like don't worry about dual booting, just get is VM box like still the, the main one? Oracle. That's what I use. Yeah, back in high school I had to fool around with Tails because of dark red stuff or whatever. Yep. Uh so I had to get a little bit familiar with that. So uh I know my way around a little bit, but I, I prefer the SD cards. I don't know if it's I like putting it in the case or whatnot, but with the distros and stuff, yeah, I prefer it. Dual man, man, the Tails days were wild. <laughs> just have that one one little the flash drive that was different than all the rest. Storage. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> uh, good, good, good times. <laughs> now we just have secret network and Monero bridge and everything's still got to be. Well, I don't do any of that anymore. I'm sure Tails is actually still pretty used. 
I'm sure I that's still like the peer to peer is technically the way to go with uh, cubes. So like no mm. more tours and tails anymore, technically. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, I got ahead pretty near the top of the hour here. It's not like super strict in five minutes. So if anyone has any, any things they want to talk about or touch on, I wanted to touch on interchain accounts on Juno a little bit, but I think we're going to be doing, I think there's like an entire space tomorrow dedicated to Juno that I'm going to probably be co-hosting or at least taking a big part in. So we might move some of that to, to Ben, but yeah, if anyone wants to ask Japper any questions, um, or or really anything, yeah. Now's the chance. Uh, I kind of joined late, but I actually have a chat a question. Um, Japper, like, what what are like what are plans for people like, after they like graduate from this stuff? Like, how can we? I don't know. Oh. How can we find exciting things for them to do? Or maybe you had something in mind already. Jake, you, it's almost like I planted that. This is my favorite part. <laughs> so, um, yeah, look, when our cadets, um, you know, the end of the 10 weeks goes into a two-week window of capstone defense where they will defend uh, their capstone projects, which are essentially uh, public good builds that are uh, proof of concept, MVP stage. And during that time, uh, you know, members of communities are going to be part of that process to be able to view those. And once those capstones are defended and and we certify our cadets, there's a number of sections that they'll go. Uh, projects will come to us and they'll basically access a developer marketplace uh, that might include them saying, hey, I'm, we're building XYZ. We need a certain team of people with certain skill sets and interests that work well together. We'll be able to place them. We'll be able to, you know, I say source and outsource. So we'll be able to source full teams, but we'll also be able to uh, provide uh, developers to fit into existing teams. Besides that, uh, there'll be a number of cadets that decide to uh, found their own projects. There'll be cadets who decide to stay on and teach at the Institute. There'll be cadets that uh, decide they want to pursue uh, continuing studies to either work uh, in auditing, which we're going to offer continuing studies, or that they want to do research on any one of a number of forward-thinking uh, projects. And so we're going to have those. The other thing that we're going to do is we're going to incubate uh, any of the projects that are maybe not, you know, not ready for prime time, uh, projects that uh, need a little work, need a little more support, or maybe cross cohort. Some teams will work well together, putting their projects together and working together that maybe they didn't have that opportunity because they were uh, not together during the learning track. We'll be able to put those folks together because, you know, I keep going back to the idea that we're going to know these these developers as human beings and, and as personalities and as interests and creative lenses, uh, we'll be able to put those folks together and we'll be able to incubate them in house. Uh, and, you know, there's, you know, aside from the opportunity that Juno provides, there's a lot of other uh, Cosmos uh, chains that haven't even, you know, uh, Jake, you weren't on the call before, but we all know there's probably 10 chains out there that are being built that haven't even been, you know, publicized yet that are going to need people to come and do things for them. So there's a lot of different ways that they're going to be able to go when they're done. Uh, some of them will take what they learn 
and go to so, go somewhere else. I mean, what you're going to learn in the Institute will actually give them a good foundation to go to Salon or a Polkadot or near, quite frankly, because we were just talking about, you know, WebAssembly and, and your ability to utilize um, you know, substrate or they're not going to want to go to near, but yeah, no, yeah no, <laughs> they're going to learn a lot of useful skills, but no one wants to go to near. <laughs> not when you got, not when you got cosmos. Like, oh, totally. Oh, I sent you that article. Simon's yeah. Simon's on the call. There's a whole launch pad coming to Juno. There's a whole investment ecosystem coming to Juno, which I'm really excited about. And there's hack Juno. So I'm really excited for whatever, like you know, yeah. comes out of this program. Yeah. It's going to be cool. Dowdow will be paying attention. I'm sure Simon and like Loop will be paying attention and a lot of the investment DAOs coming up. Uh, and and if, uh, also, I think, I don't know if you have like, a, like any sort of like outside guests, but like, you know, I could, uh, would be happy to connect you. Like, I mean, people have limited time, but they'd be happy to like show up for like a couple of like hours or whatever. Um, like I would be happy to do so and just like talk about whatever with like the cadets. That'd be um, great. Same with like Zeke or whatever, or just like show people like, hey, you want to build a custom DAO contract? Here's how. Um, and, and look, building DAO contracts and building DAOs is definitely um, a part of the curriculum. It is a part of the process. And, and um, you know, that's going to be something that we um, it, it's going to it's going to depend a little bit on. Uh, which chain people are interested in. And we, we do suspect that there's going to be mostly interested in Juno. And, and that's why the program is created and designed the way it is. And so having the opportunity to bring in Dow Dow people to display best practices and gold standards and what DAOs look like is going to be, I'm totally going to take you take advantage of that. We would be happy to do it. And we'd be yeah. happy to like, yeah help out with that um awesome and who knows maybe someday web3 builders alliance will be a DAO. who knows <laughs> oh i can see it um yeah, japper i'm not yeah, sure, sure if we actually touched on this part or if we did we just briefly kind of bounced over it but um what is actually the relation with juno in particular is it that your first cohort group is kind of centered around it um particularly i'm interesting because i want to i want to preach the Web3 Builders Alliance tomorrow in the Juno space and equip me with the knowledge to do so. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, candidly, the the opportunity, like I said, is we feel liberated once we came out of, out of Terra to be able to build cross Cosmos. I think you'd have to be blind to see what's happening in the cosmos. I am on the a Juno centric Twitter spaces. This is my first Twitter space. Uh, I have really not engaged that many people in other um, on other chains to this degree. You know, Timmy, you and I have actually talked about this for the last three weeks. So you know where my heart is. Um, I, I in trying to be tactful. Um, we don't have a home yet. Um, but I know where we want it to be, and I know what the curriculum looks like, and I know what uh, what our cadets are going to be exposed to in the sense that um, there's going to be a lens that's going to feel very obvious what they want to do. Um, but, you know, tactfully speaking, we, we don't have a direct home yet. And the nice thing is we don't have to live on any specific chain. Yeah, uh, nor should you. Nor should you. Honestly, yeah, as someone who's very biased. Yeah, that but the other side exactly is exactly how it should be. Don't live on any one. Yeah, that's the great well, thing like about for example, 
It's the same with us, right? Like Spark is built on Juno because we had to build somewhere and because it's the best place to do it right now. But that doesn't detract from the interchain approach or the multi-chain maximalist approach as Jake's name. Yeah, no, like I think I think Juno is a great place because it's like using the official version of Cosmwasm, the same version that's used by Osmosis and Stargaze and soon to be Secret Network. You know, you're preparing people to like you know, go out and like build in all these different places. And that's yeah. how it should be, um, you know, and I'm, I think we're, we're happy to like support, especially like as cadets, like come out and like build interesting projects and, you know, we can explore exactly what that looks like. But I, I, I don't think you should, I think the problem with a lot of this Terra Academy stuff, it was too tied to one chain. And as much as I love, you know, Juno, obviously, and I'm super stoked about it, about it and i think it's a great place to build i think the reason it's a great place to build is because there's no lock-in like we use the standard cosmosm version that means you can go and start your own cosmosm chain or you can go and build on stargaze or you can go and build on osmosis or secret network and that's great that's the whole point like yeah i'm really passionate about that i i'm business we're business dev team over at secret network so like and we're starting like a mentor uh, dev mentorship programs like i could see this working really well for like feeding cadets into projects that uh like the plan is to help them get started with their first project building and depth and stuff so i could totally see that you guys got real real quick i i don't i don't want to show my own stuff too much just because it's so fitting like what what you just said jake and what we're talking about here about it being beautiful because it doesn't lock you in and all that um i just pinned another tweet above so we just released like our first set of medium articles for spark today and one of them is kind of focused on that realm of or that topic of just like the reason the cosmos is beautiful is because it is the embodiment of what made bitcoin and blockchain special in the first place it's true sovereignty decentralization and a touch of madness and uh so yeah check that out if you guys are interested in more of that it's just too fitting for me not to jump in but uh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't add on there that, you know, what what makes the Juno um, the Juno chain so attractive is that it is the smart contract. Uh, moment. I mean, and, and the program that we've designed is so much de- designed around teaching how to write smart contracts. And so it does make a lot of sense. But like I said, you know, we've got big IBC and we're we we're starting to work in some of that interchain account curriculum because we want to stay ahead of the curve. And really, you know, Timmy, when you asked me earlier, are we going to go beyond Cosmos? You know, it's all going to be one eventually anyway. And the ability to be able to have the flexibility uh, to uh, develop on multiple chains and to understand how eventually Solidity and Rust work together and optimize um, that tandem um you know the idea that you have these other rust with various types of west uh, web assembly projects you know the opportunities are endless but at the moment moment we want to we want to train developers and we do want to do a really great job and prepare elite developers and stay a little bit small and stay you know cosmos and with smart contracts and if you're going to do that, Juno is a good place to focus. But I'd be lying if I said that Osmosis and, um, you know, Terra, Terra 2 even, and even Evmos and Injective, once we get a little solidity into the um, 
curriculum as people are interested, those those chains are going to benefit as well, as are those 10 chains that haven't been publicized yet. They're going to be killing it a year from now in the next bull market. So are you guys, are you guys going to have like an interchain job board situation? So the idea is that we're going to, you know, we're going to have between our network of, of people that we already know, and we're, we're getting known. I mean, we've rebranded and we're just getting out there. We are getting known. And Fortunately, we, we know a lot of people that are going to want to use and, and hire our devs. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a job board as much as it is a marketplace where people are going to be able to come and say, you know, we need we need a dev and or people are going to come to us and say, you know, we have a job and we're going to not only know what these uh, cadets or certified graduates have done, but we're going to have entire GitHubs and portfolios and capstone projects to be able to share with a hiring project what these people have done and then be able to say, plus this guy's a really good guy, or this guy should work on Angel because he's he's really interested in social activism and charity. And we're going to be able to do that in a way that the developer has a home not for three months to write a contract or two and dip, and that you know, the the projects want to continue to come to us. We we want to place people in jobs that they live for a while that that's me, that are meaningful. And we want the projects that come to us to trust that we're giving them the right people because we understand what that fit looks like. Okay, I've got another question for you. Just it sparked from that. But uh, do you guys have a bounty program yet? Like if Dowdow, for example, has like a bounty in some, I don't know, maybe like soon to launch like, mega hype token um for like people that build cool stuff like you know do you guys have any programs like that yeah um, so the um the way that the actual cohort is going to be designed well it's already designed that way the way it's going to operate is that um projects and public you know public representatives are going to be able to come to us and say we need xyz and, you know, we'll evaluate that. And Jake, you weren't on the call, but, you know, our, our cadets are going to be building meaningful stuff from day one, whether they're going through GitHubs and looking at versioning and making sure that stuff fits together. And so developers, you know, a big part of our initiative is to break down barriers of entry um, and to make sure that really talented people that, you know, that need to have a lower barrier of entry to bring their talents um, to Cosmos, they're not scared away by a barrier of entry. You go in and you're, you know, using seven different versions of things and that's a barrier of entry. So, I mean, we're going to be be able to do that. We're going to be able to have our cadets writing documentation early on. They're going to be making short instructional videos, explaining different little things. Um, one of my daily fun tasks is going through the discords of the various Cosmos chains and looking at what people are asking for to be built. Those are essentially mini bounties. And we're going to continue to build that I'm in my big workbook with a million uh, tabs on my Google Sheets. And anyone who knows me knows that I'm a little crazy with that stuff. But the... Um, the what we're going to do there is we're we're gathering on a daily basis what our cadets need to attend to on a regular basis. These are actually bounties. The other thing we're going to do is community members are going to be able to come to us and say we've got something a little bigger, we need it to be built. Me and my instructor instructor team we're going to look at that stuff and say what skills need to go into this build. Does it fit our curriculum? How do we make this a project 
that we could build and both train our cadets with the concepts they know while at the same time building something meaningful for the community. And so that is, you know, that is, there's a lot of strategy behind our, our mission. We, you know, we, we know what we want to do. We want to train, but we also want to serve at the same time. And there are ways to do this. And, um, you know, and it's exciting. It's funny, you know, a half hour ago, I was thinking to myself, man, I'm tired AF. But you asked me a good question and I get excited because this, we've been thinking about this for five months and we're ready to roll. Um, and so that's, so we're going to do that. Yeah, we're going to have hackathons. I mean, uh, working ideas, calling it a hack Olympics and doing it in the winter and, and, the, and the summer and have it be open. And, you know, look, we want to train great developers to do great things and to serve the community and to build this thing out. And that's what we're going to do. I love it. Uh, happy to make some fabulous prizes for those things. So super, super really excited about what you guys are doing. Hey, Thank you. Um, so yeah, speaking here. of building something, I've got a, like a question. It's both a question and also potentially something to build on Cosmos. Wait, um, for, like first, first I need to know, Jaffer and Simon, do you guys know each other already from the Terra Connection or? I don't think so. Oh, well, this is awesome. I'm so glad you stepped up, Simon. So Jaffer works over another fellow education lover working on Loop Learn. Amazing. Amazing. What's up, Simon? Good What's going on? Oh, you know, living the dream. You? Yeah, going for a surf, actually, which is good. Just taking a tiny bit of time away. So I'm driving to go for a surf, um, which is well earned. Well earned, for sure. Um, mine is around, it's actually quite an interesting question. And, and I've asked a fair few people and they haven't seemed to know the answer of where to find this. And it's potentially something that would be really important to build and maybe not too hard. So in talking to a lot of projects outside of Cosmos and, um, you know, VCs and, and a lot of different uh, kind of heads, is this, you know, we're talking about the growth of the Cosmos ecosystem and how, how much it's actually growing and how it's a pivotal point. We're seeing a lot of things in the news like, um, you know, Didex coming over and, you know, Aave and Sushi coming from Cosmos chain and you know, near wanting to build on IBC. But in terms of finding really hard, solid facts around the growth of Cosmos, that is one thing that is I'm finding difficult to find um, outside of just everyday chains. So the idea here is that, you know, whenever you, we're talking about, you know, Cosmos as an ecosystem that's really like growing at a, at a fast rate, that's looking to kind of expand in a massive way, um, you know, with new projects building, you know, maybe more, more users and all this sort of stuff, I'm finding it really hard to find like a resource that shows um, all like a lot of data in one place. I know we've got Map of Zones, but Map of Zones only really shows the IBC transactions between chains um, and, and the volume of IBC transactions, but not so much like, like a one place to go. Okay, this is all the chains that are, that are building and this is all the chains that are in testnet. And this is all the projects that have launched in the last month. And this is, you know, like a place that has a lot of hard facts that could be used you should, really. You should was, follow Interchain Info. I was kind of making a spreadsheet of all that already. Yeah. I, I completely agree though. Cause like even like uh, chains built on the Cosmos SDK that have plans to integrate, a lot of people, if they're not IBC enabled, they have no idea about it. Like Thorchain just integrated Adam, and I talked to a lot of people that had no idea it existed. So, been, yeah. yeah, so I guess to touch on what I just like whispered there and what Brits mentioned, Brits, were you talking about the one you helped me with? Or yeah. your own? You, you got yeah. an infograph. Like, of that, so that we, yeah, so we have like an infographic out, but we're building something that's kind of just that, Simon, interchain info. Um, all we have is a Twitter page right now, a lot of background building, but 
Yeah, so like one of the only things we've released is some infographics and we have a lot of background uh, like information that we're cultivating. That's the sheet that Grits mentioned. And that's the approach we're taking. Whether you are either IBC connected or built on the Cosmos SDK, then we're going to support and bring some kind of attention and information to you. It doesn't have to be, you know, one of the primary chains you see on Mapped Zones because... I think it's funny, way earlier in the call, Japper mentioned, I forget exactly how you phrased it, I'll probably butcher it, but there's probably 10 chains being built on the Cosmos SDK right now that no one's heard of that is going to be yeah. the next big thing. Yeah, yeah, that all have it in their roadmaps and present value or whatever. I heard, I heard yeah. Zillica is building stuff on Carbon, with Carbon or something now also. It's crazy. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, I also have a take on that question. Um, I think that part of what's missing is like, like if you go to, you know, what does it, are people familiar with this? Masari, Masari crypto, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. analytics. Um, and you know, what's really sad is there's things like DAP ra- radar as well. Like, we actually did the calculations the other day, and Stargaze is actually the sixth largest NFT marketplace by like monthly trading volume. However, it doesn't show up on DAP Radar because DAP Radar uses these things called indexers. So I don't know if you're familiar with the graph or subquery, but uh, those the graph and subquery are coming to Cosmos, and that is really like important for a lot of these like metrics. Like, how do we judge like which NFT marketplace is the most active, which token has the most trading volume? The fact is Cosmos doesn't show up on a lot of these metrics because a lot of the companies that do the analytics are using like the graph and or like Mm -hmm. these like indexers. And so it's like actually like super important. I'm so stoked about it. I think we like announced that like graph is coming into Cosmos, like Juno, Osmosis and more. And I I don't think people really realized how important that is because that's how we like, I think also I love everything you're doing, Tenderman Tammy, big fan. Um, and that's super important as well. There's like general education about the space, but like a lot of people really care about like the analytics. Like how do we get the analytics about like Cosmos tokens and Cosmos dApps and like bringing the indexers to the space, like graph, like subquery, um, you know, that's yeah, like, like so Dune important. And Flipside were some of the best. Well, yeah, I think we, those are the next. Like a lot of those tend to use things like the graph or whatever. But um, Jake, do you know, like, if is this a graph and indexing problem or some sort of like bias problem? But even when like Terra was at its peak market cap, CoinGecko, for example, has Cosmos ecosystem as a category. The TVL was always way off. It was always like way lower in the list than it should be. The, That's because like, they built that it, all their tooling around the EVM. Like, and so is Graph integrating going to help something like that? Or is that something they just have to like actually put effort into on their end? Uh, I mean, CoinGecko is its own clusterfuck. Um, yeah. <laughs> I really, I honestly hate CoinGecko. They like, what do you, you like? Through their official process, they will sell your fucking data, and I continue to this day to get like nonstop spam from CoinGecko. And <laughs> What's I, don't, your I don't think they're really quality Coin- about with you know you want to add a project, they send you a giant fucking spreadsheet. It's like super inefficient. Like, um, do you prefer Coin Market Cap or Coin Paprika? I mean, or- I kind of hate them both to be honest. Like, I mean, why don't we have market 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 Have you tried uh, Coin Paprika? Binance bought Coin. I mean, you have cap, to like yeah, you have to Binance be on these things. It. It's it's a pain in the ass. There, there's uh, Nomics. 
That's another indexing website that seems to be huge. Do people know about Coin Paprika? Am I just saying that to the wind? I don't know if I've that's literally like a known never about heard of one. that, but it sounds cool. So uh, the only reason that's not Coin Gecko the, is like my what favorite. Defi Llama, Defi Llama as well. Yeah, they're cool. I think Coin Gecko might have the best API though, for free anyway. Yeah, but like the how they ingest data is just so inefficient and um, predatory. Yeah, I mean, like we we have to do better. I mean, it's really important for like the cosmos to like integrate things like the graph and stuff. Eventually, we're gonna hit critical mass. Like EVM hit critical mass, and then everyone built tooling around that. And I think we're getting yeah. to the point where cosmos is hitting critical mass, and people can't ignore it anymore. And they're finally adding support for it. And once you add support for a chain like Juno or Osmosis or even the Cosmos Hub, then you got like kind of support from all because they all like are built using like the same sort of similar technology. So, so how do you add support for it? If I understand correctly, it's the scale up is they can't keep adding more validators because then they can't talk to each other as fast enough. And that's the kind of scaling problem is just about upgrading the, the, uh, I think we're talking about different things. What I'm talking about is like these analytics companies like oh. CoinGecko, CoinMarketCap, Masari, like all the DAP Radar, like yeah. all these people, like all these things investors look at to like get metrics, oftentimes completely ignore Cosmos projects. Like yeah. Cosmos projects, even like Terra projects would be completely not listed at all. I don't I don't think Ross even got metrics on there yet. It's been how long, you know? There is info dot like genoswap.com or something. I think that they, they have like all the metrics for that. It's because but, there's like two things that are going to push a coin ecosystem chain, whatever token to being like well supported and accurate on something like coin market cap and coin gecko. Either um, super low, picking. either super low barrier to entry, meaning, you know, it's the same as every other ERC 20 out there. So it's really easy to just plug in the graph, whatever or some kind of financial incentive. And the thing with the cosmos is it's so decentralized and sovereign, you know, I almost wish like Interchain and uh, like Ignite would do more of this kind of stuff, but there's no one that's actually interacting with these companies and being like, unfortunately the reality is, hey, like we will pay you to support our shit. Cause like that's, that's how so it works. True. And it sucks. It's like all these companies just want you to pay them to like add your fucking tokens. And it's that's why like, you have to be so, so the, big that they can't refuse and they want you on their platform instead. Yeah. And so like the one reason I brought up or even know about coin paprika and I, I don't, I haven't looked at their back end. I don't know. They might do their own sketchy shit. I'm sure. But the one reason I like them and it's always stayed in my mind is because I heard about them when Hex was at its peak, you know, the famous scam on Ethereum. Because when Hex was at its peak, it was the third largest cryptocurrency by market cap. Yeah, I saw that but, on Nomic also when it was like... Yeah, but CoinGecko and CoinMarketCap, for probably good reasons, like don't want more people going into that scam. Yeah, And because the market cap isn't like real, didn't show it. But in the I, end of the I day, never... if you're a power user or someone who just values the authenticity of data and analytics... Like, show me that. Like, I, I want everything unfiltered. Yeah, it's a sketchy line. Like, There's another one called World Coin Index. Another indexing website. Hmm. I don't know about that one. Um, I don't have too much longer here, but I'm really glad that... Chauncey, I, I do want to say, Jasper, if you want to... I mean, if Web3 Builders Alliance wants to learn about indexers and how we can build indexers, because I think it's really important so that we show up on all these third-party sites. 
because it's all about discovering new projects, right? Yep. Um, yeah, and, uh, and to me, we're happy to like we have some amazing people that are working on building that out for for Juno and the same tooling for the graph or subgraph or subquery will work for like other Cosmos chains as well. So just wanted to throw that out there. It's a whole. Jake, I might actually reach out to you on that on that topic. Cool. Yeah, we're trying to get people to write like we have some like examples, and we're trying to get people to write like uh, subgraphs for various different contracts like Dada or you know swap or you could do we like want to actually figure out how to use and integrate graph with spark so maybe we can Perfect. become a good example hmm. have you ever heard um, of a marshall indexer but hold, hold on guys i'm sorry i don't mean to detract but i don't have too long here i'm actually over time but i'm really glad chauncey hopped up and i want to let him get a chance to hop in here chauncey is actually who initially introduced me to japper here for the web3 builder alliance he founded big part of angel protocol which was a terror project and is absolutely still kicking so glad you hopped up chums it's been a been a minute hey thank you so much for having me man um i i love i love everything coming full circle here and yeah i, I just actually just gonna hop in earlier there was a question around job boards and such and um, i just want to say uh, one thing with the web3 builders alliance is it's always been about uh community and one of the key ideas of it has really been to foster this community around the builders um, and the, the devs that are training in the academy. Um, and so, yes, you know, like people will be able to, to recruit devs who are not involved in that community at all. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, you know, this is a, a, a people, a people a relationship uh, kind of thing, right? And if you are involved in that community, if you are the kind of person uh, like Jake who is offering to jump in and help and uh, give demonstrations to the students and be part of that, um, then you're really going to have a front row uh, seat to watching these new developers come into their skills and uh, have that relationship built with them that you know, you can be giving them entrepreneurial founding advice so they can go and, and do their own thing, uh, or they can see what you're doing and want to come build on whatever protocol or ecosystem that you're championing. Um, so while we're welcoming prospective devs and, you know, obviously uh, seeking um, a new home and some, some grant funding around that, uh, it would really be key for the community just for everyone to be involved, uh, to jump in, help, you know, see what the, the cadets are going through, see where you can get involved and be part of it. Um, and then, yeah, uh, I think it's just going to be a really symbiotic win-win uh, kind of thing, which uh, the Cosmos ecosystem is all about. So excited for that. And also just a huge shout out to, to Jabber Jam. I mean, in terms of betting on people, uh, th this, <laughs> this guy is a hustler. Uh, he is just out there grinding for the Builders Alliance, building out the curriculum, getting recruits in, uh, you know, talking to everyone about what we're doing, and um, just massive respect for him and, and really our unfair advantage because he <laughs> actually has a whole background in education and, uh, you know, alternate education and all, all the ins and outs of what works and doesn't work and, and bringing that to the crypto space and, and web three so i think that's a it's a really special thing that the alliance has going for it and then so are you just for people's clarity you're not actually directly involved with the alliance more so kind of supporting it through angel is that sort of your role or um so i am one of the founders of the alliance originally along with um uh, nate hughes and uh dan Morantz and, and jeff 
Um, so we all really got it going together, but uh, I mean, all all credit and respect to Jeff. He is the the heart, the the, the brain, the the soul of, of everything going there. So yes, uh, for the most part, I I do play more of the cheerleader role. <laughs> don't sell yourself short. <laughs> but yeah, don't um, sell yourself short. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Nena, I want to let you hop in too. I don't think we've ever met or chatted, but judging on your bio, I think we'll be great friends, Angel and Lou. Thanks for popping up on stage. Hi. Yeah, for sure. I had to. I mean, look at this gang. Um, I'm really happy to be here. But it was much more like my intervention was going to be super similar to what Chauncey is saying. Um, so I really think that in education, we needed a space for the devs. Um, in Terra, yes, we had Terra Academy, and I think uh, from my personal experience that it was very powerful because uh, um, my background, I'm actually a lawyer, so for me to actually learn something about coding, wow. yeah, well, that was not easy, so they succeed. Um, what kind of lawyer, if you don't mind me asking? Human rights. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's that's how I'm part of Angel, and Angel Protocol was the the first protocol oh. that I completely fell in love with. <laughs> um, and and yeah, I also agree that it is very needed right now that in the Web three Builders Alliance, we have not only devs, but people. What what Chauncey was saying, people that can actually give some more support in how to create the projects, how to just make some relations here and there with the right people, um, how to do marketing, uh, how to create community, different things that can really get out of these things. Uh, so I think that there is a huge opportunity for everyone just to be part of this um, and to create something else that might help educate not only the developers, but really to to build something much bigger. I almost see this like all like evolving in the future into like many parallel courses. Like, yes, there's developers, but like one of the things we've been coming across in DowDow is just like people want to start a DAO. We have no code DAO tooling. It doesn't actually take that much to like actually start a DAO. But all these bigger questions of like how do you organize people in the DAO? Like, how do you think about tokenomics? How do you like structure everything? Um, these are like actually big questions, and you know who knows? Maybe this. I think it's great to start with the devs. I always think it's great to start with the devs. Um, but you know, eventually these kinds of things could like build out into like non-dev things. Like I think possibilities would be like one thing to touch on. What could they be used for? It would be an enticing thing to, for new 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 starters. You know. You know, it's interesting that you know um, this has come up because one of the one of the initiatives that we've discussed mostly over the last six weeks is definitely. Um, you know, the beyond the dev the developer institute and the continuing education and what do developers have as opportunities afterwards. And this is exactly the kind of thing that we want to make sure look, we service to the space is our is our primary objective. It's our primary value is is to serve. And you know, when we talk about continuing education opportunities, yeah, we're talking about auditing and we're talking about founder retreats and, and you know, and tokenomic courses and things of that sort. But the idea of leadership and the idea of 
the human component training, you know, I keep going back to why are we doing this and not just automating the whole thing, despite the fact that, you know, Chauncey knows that since day one, I've said, I don't want everyone to automate the whole thing because our relationship with our people is central to be able to be of optimal service. The ability to be to, to tell a developer who is super passionate about social action and likes developing at the end of the experience and say, hey, man, or hey, lady, you know, you really have a flair for social action. And while you're really good at coding, you have much more of a leadership acumen in this very important area. Let's get your role in there. And we're going to support you. I mean, this is this is all opportunity. And we have such a blank canvas in front of us with what we're going to do with this space and beyond. And as a as a team we're just we're growth minded you know and i mean there's so many places to grow that's like yeah i mean like i like i said earlier you know i I spent today looking at interchain accounts and ics because we need to be ready not just to train them to be able to develop today but to be able to be of service tomorrow yeah there's so much to do i mean the hard thing is sometimes focusing when there's so many things happening um but I, I think I'm I'm so stoked on what you guys are doing. It's really great to be tra- training the next generation of devs, and it'll be really cool to watch how this all evolves. Like, you know, like there are topics in in Web three that are you have to have some amount of technicals, but it's not about coding. Like doing tokenomics is not about cold co- coding. Tokenomics is all about people, you know, and it's about like maintaining those relationships and coming up with a really good structure for the blockchain or the protocol or whatever you want to like create and you know those are also hard things to teach and i I don't know there's just so much need for education in this space and i could not be like more excited about what you guys are doing and i think it's great to like start with the devs and i'm so excited to see how this will evolve thank you yeah i agree i would like to participate as well thank you awesome well (laughs) I'll probably end on that note. Um, I have some fires I got to put out and some stuff to wrap up, but this has been amazing. Um, thank you so much for doing this first place, Japper, and everybody else for participating, hopping up, asking questions, taking an interest. Um, I'll definitely be sure to continue to do a little shilling for this. I'll be in a Juno space tomorrow and make sure web three builders Alliance gets name dropped a few times. Um, and yeah, so just as the final sort of refresher, anyone who wants to get involved, if you really don't know where to start, you don't think you're quite ready for this, send Japper here a DM directly. He'll get you sort of sorted and on the right path. But if you're already like, oh yeah, this is for me, then check out their Twitter at come biddle with us, build with the DNL switched. And uh, yeah, from there, you should get a link to their website, check out their medium for further reading, and you should be able to find the application on the website, right, Japper? Yep, and actually, the the um, the application is the top pin on the Twitter page. Perfect. Discord is coming soon. I'll be splashing that across Twitter any day. I will send you a DM. Awesome, thank you. All right, thank you all so much. Um, hopefully, we see some of you guys tomorrow in the Juno space, and then as always, we have the weekend Cosmos spaces. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Thanks awesome. everybody for showing up, and uh, cool. Have a lovely rest of your day, guys. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. 
That was the Cosmonaut Bootcamp Web3 Builders Alliance Space, hosted by Tendermint Timmy and Cosmos Spaces, recorded on Wednesday, July 6th, 2022. For Terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. They say rapping is the gateway, bringing home great pay, checking that replay, sing along and we say nobody gives a fuck around my way. I make about three bucks for every thousand plays, so add it up and do the math on that. Financially speaking, why the fuck would anybody want to rap? But in this reality, the money comes from doing shows, but then where's the money go when you can't do the shows? I guess you could rap on Cameo. I've been asking all my friends if I can rap on the patio. Six feet, motherfucker, step the fuck back. Doing a little magic pulling rabbits out the rucksack not everybody's always in it for the money looking like another crooked sunday and i'm working monday so you know i ain't stressing left debate and great methods amazed to play inception the base stay blessed see even with these huge sums of overall royalties these sums of money that go to the record label per playback can seem insultingly small many rights holders are making around three quarters of a How to turn profit, their future will always be in question. But for now, investors see enough potential to continue to fund pennies, 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 pennies. Another day, another lesson. Living in the it dimension might be worth a little mention. Living in the Great Depression, got a real regal feel. Reeling in another sucker fish out to make a deal just to make a motherfucker wish. Ah, shit, now you only got two left. You know what I wish? We didn't have any loose ends. You know what I miss? Listening to excuses. Now we're on the fence like we forgot how to choose. What happens when people don't know what's true In the dark eating bullshit up like a mushroom In the lunchroom just trying to laugh it off Meanwhile foaming at the mouth like a rabid dog Like a fake mate and call at the zoo It's looking like the view is getting disappointed too I'm working on the new shit trying to produce it It's what I'm willing to go through when I'm making my music Spaces.